gentlemen a storm is happening outside and we're here in the studios at the worldwide sports radio network doing a show as you know you're listening to the sports loudmouth i'm your host errol marks my co-host speedy pd 631-672-3108 is the number to call you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com check out all our shows throughout the week including the loudmouth which airs every single wednesdays and thursdays at 7 p.m all you have to do to tune in to our shows is go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. I'm sure everybody's wondering why we're here live right now on Tuesday night and not Wednesday night or Thursday night. We are doing a show tomorrow night, but we're not doing a show Thursday night because I'm heading to Toronto and Niagara Falls to check out the wonderful world of Toronto and Canada. So I, I'm in, I'm going to really enjoy myself over there as I do this every single year. I have a cold right now. My sinuses are backed, but I'm here doing a show and entertaining you people, Speedy. Are you entertained? I am, I am entertained. Are you today. entertained, Speedy? I am. Do you like that? Remember Gladiator? Yes. Remember I've seen that when play. Russell Crowe goes out there? Are you not entertained? <laughs> That's me. very deep. Yeah. That's me, man. Like, I'm entertaining ancient, ancient warrior accent. It was perfect. I, I don't know about ancient warrior. I mean, I, 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 could, be, I could be it a warrior in my past, uh, but I'm not going to tell you there what you kind go. of you could, you could go, if, if time travel does exist in the future, you can go back to ancient Rome and recreate that. Uh, that would be a good idea, actually. Speaking. You could test your uh, combat skills for the test against all those... Uh, Tigers. Oh, lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. But, yep. hey, listen, they use tigers, they use lions, and they used, I don't know if there were bears that actually I don't think existed. there were bears in the movie, but. No, but it, there definitely was bears. There definitely were bears in, in existence at that point. In ancient Rome is another question, unless there was some kind of animal smuggling from the uh, ancient Rome time. Are you a smuggler? I am Speedy, not. are you a smuggler? I am not of an animals. Animal. I am not an All animal different smuggler. crafts of animals. I am animals? not an animal smuggler. I mean, do you know Robert Kraft? <laughs> No, I do not know Robert well, Kraft. That, that, that could be an animal right there. Yeah, I mean, it very much could be an animal. He might be an animal of his own. I yes. mean, I don't know what kind of animal I'm he sure is, he is. But he is an animal in different parlors. Oh, you know. yeah. He likes all different kinds of animals. All beautiful animals, as we all know. But, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. But Bill Belichick is still the animal over there. He's running that organization. Yes, yes, yes he is. What is going on over there? I mean, really. Who knows? The the Patriots are entering their weird, dramatic end of a free fall or something else. Who knows? Well, and now I, they might bring back the great Josh McDaniels. Oh, why not? I mean, do not make Josh McDaniels the head coach of this team. I mean, I don't think they're stupid that low yet, but you never know. He will be asking the Grim Reaper to kill him again and bring him back to life. I mean, seriously. I don't know. I, I might trust the Grim Reaper as my head coach more than Josh McDaniels. Oh, 
I probably suggest anybody but Josh McDaniels. But I don't know. Urban Meyer still might be the worst of them all, though. <laughs> Maybe he'll have some Kraft macaroni and cheese, even though Robert Kraft has nothing to do with macaroni and cheese, So just so everybody knows. When everybody thinks that Robert Kraft had something to do with Kraft macaroni, it's not true. So just so everybody knows, he has nothing to do with Kraft. But anyways, we have a great show lined up for you guys at 8.30. We'll be talking to Cincinnati Reds relief pitcher Buck Farmer for the first time on our show. So, Buck is ready to duck. You like that, Speedy? No, we'll see if he's ducking from anything. He'll be ducking for me. (laughs) Speedy, he might be ducking from something from you. What? I don't know. Just use your brain there. 9.30, we'll be talking to the Texas Rangers AAA second baseman, Jax Biggers. He will be joining us for the first time on the show as well. Michigan beats Washington 34-13 to win the national championship. Like that? Mm-hmm. Could you do that with me? Ah, you got to do it with with some inf- you know emphasis. Ah, there you go. It sounded like you were about to take a crap or something. <laughs> the Chargers are. Go- <laughs> oh man, the Chargers are going to go all in to pursuing Jim Harbaugh as their next head coach. So Jimmy could be heading. To the Chargies. But uh, that'll be interesting moving forward in the offseason. Wink Martindale resigns as the Giants defensive coordinator. As we all know, Dable, Brian Dable went up early in the morning. Oh, I think it was over the weekend or and he, before the weekend. I think it was Friday or Saturday. I think it was Friday. And he went up there and he spoke at 8 o'clock in the morning and said that Wink Martindale's coming back and all this other stuff. He plans for him to come back. And then a couple hours later... He resigns from the position. So, interesting story. I have my own thoughts to it, so we'll get into that. Aaron Rodgers says that the Jets need to flush the BS. And Garrett Wilson said the Jets were always out-schemed. Nathaniel. Oh, Nathaniel. Do we have another player complaining about your play calling? I guess so. It's not Russell Wilson because he's going to be looking for a new job in the offseason. No, it can't be him. Uh, maybe it's, uh, I don't know, Sutton. Hey, maybe it's maybe it's Sutton. Or maybe it's just Jerry Judy stinking it up over there. Another Alabama disciple that can't really cut it in the NFL. Anyways, uh, could Bill Belichick stay in New England and potentially bring back Josh McDaniels? Why would he do this? Why would he do this? Is he trying to make a point again? Oh, Josh needs another job, Robert. Give him another chance. He could take this team to higher heights. It is not Tom Brady. I don't know what they're doing here. Uh, anyways. Uh, Arthur Smith, Ron Rivera, and Mike Vrabel fired by their teams. First of all, Vrabel kind of stepped down. He was let go, but he was stepping down because a lot of people still believe that Vrabel is the next head coach of the New England, New England Patriots. He is. I'm just letting everybody know this. Bill Belichick is not coming back next year. He's not. I don't know why anybody believes he is. But anyways, uh, what is he saying? Belichick blows. Oh, there's Jeff. Oh, yeah, uh, Robert Sala, coach of the year as well. <laughs> uh, John Moran suffers a torn labrum in his right shoulder. Will miss the rest of the season. What a kooinky dink. I don't think anybody's surprised by that. And I, I do believe, as much as I do think that John Morant got hurt, I think the NBA had something to back that up. The, the NBA should have suspended him for the whole season. 
okay? He comes back, he plays well, and then he gets hurt. I'm not saying that it's scripted, the NBA is scripted. As we all know, we, we all know what the referee did. Donahue did, and there was a 30 for 30, so... Uh, if you haven't checked that out, that was that was fun to watch, by the way. I don't know. Maybe Brad Allen is part of his operation now. Maybe he's being the NFL's version of Tim Donahue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, it will be very interesting to see uh, the whole John Morant. And this is a big injury, by the way. Oh, yeah. So him coming back to be at his natural form, he could have problems with that shoulder for the rest of his career. So, And he's a high-flying athletic kid. So I, I don't know how that works out, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Michigan defeats Washington 34-13 to to win their first national championship since 1997. Oh, I like that. The blue is going to be goo. Anyways, Michigan had 303 rushing yards, the most rushing yards in the national championship game in the BCS era since 1998. J.J. McCarthy had just 140 passing yards, the fewest for a championship quarterback since our friend Greg McElroy. For from Alabama uh, in 2010. Washington only had 301 total yards in the game and only 46 rushing yards. Michael Penix Jr. barely completed 50% of his passes and had two interceptions. Michigan is the first Big Ten team to win a national championship since Ohio State in 2014. This will likely be Jim Harbaugh's last game at Michigan, as five NFL teams are reported to be interested in Harbaugh to be their next head coach. Oh, my God. This is a survival skill. For him, it's survival. Because he needs to run out of there as quick as he possibly can because there are so many things that are going to come out from Michigan that is probably going to hit the fan by the end of this season. I mean... Stories, I mean, he was suspended for, what, three, four games? Three games, that was it. <laughs> something will come out, and something will happen with Michigan. We, we all know the whole Pete Carroll story, why he decided to leave USC. He was not planning to leave USC, but when everything came out and the, the, uh, the college yeah. was being you know, tortured and thrown around. Reggie Bush was going to lose his Heisman, which he did, by the way. Yeah. He never got it back. I don't understand that, but nevertheless... You look at all the accusations that they had over there in USC. There was a lot of questions and, and a lot of answers that needed to be answered by Pete Carroll. And you know what he did? He jumped ship and he went to Seattle, went back to the NFL, and then won, obviously, a Super Bowl, found Russell Wilson in the, the weeds, and uh, there she blew. And created one of the greatest defensive teams in National Football League history. So, yes, I didn't say NFL. National Football League history. Here's what I saw in the game. I thought Michigan was going to win. I thought after watching what they did against Texas, a very good offensive team uh, with a very good offensive-minded coach, there were a lot of questions going into the game if Michigan was going to be able to stop the high-flying power to be of the Washington uh, Washington football team. And I didn't say football commanders because I was about to say that. But Washington... Played a very good game against Texas, and everybody thought this was going to be more fun to watch and interesting to watch two great teams play against one another. Boy, oh boy, were they wrong. And the game was close all the way into the last 
couple of minutes of the third quarter, and then Michigan started to play Michigan football. And it's been a big problem for Washington all season long. They could not stop the run. They could not stop the run. And that pretty much showed me on what happened. Blake Corum was fantastic. Uh, 21 carries for 134 yards, two touchdowns, 59 yards. It was his longest run, which was unbelievable. I was watching. I think that was in the second quarter, if I'm not mistaken. But J.J. McCarthy did not have a good game. And he will be a first-round draft pick, more than likely. More than likely, a late first-round draft pick. And if Jim Harbaugh is obviously coming back to the NFL, I wouldn't be surprised wherever Jim Harbaugh goes to draft a J.J. McCarthy because he knows the kid. He's the one who scouted him. I do believe, watching this game, Michael. Pe- we don't know what Michael Penix is. Okay, I know everybody is trying to question what he did in the national title game and what could he do in the NFL. And some people compare him to Lamar Jackson. Some people say Lamar's more of a movable and better pocket present quarterback than a guy Penix that Penix is. Penix could come inside and out. And but what we saw in the Texas game is that he could throw the ball, he could be accurate, and he could throw over 400 yards and dominate the game. I think Michael Penix could be a good quarterback in the league. He just needs to go to the right regime. Now right now on Mel Kuyper's list of quarterbacks, he's number five. He's number five. This guy played in the national championship, came from Indiana, comes to Washington, goes 14-1, and one, one game away from winning a national championship, was up for a Heisman, and he falls short. Dylan Johnson was not 100% healthy. You could see it. He was wearing that sleeve on his leg. He was not healthy. He went out there, and they struggled. And they could not get the ball to the right guys. They really couldn't. Roma Dunes, five receptions, 87 yards, could be a first round. He will be a first round draft pick. He's a fantastic talent. The problem right now, and, and, and McMillan was good too. I mean, he had six receptions for 33 yards, but all season long he was fantastic. They have some weapons over there in Washington. Obviously, they know how to recruit wide receivers. But this was their chance. This was Washington's chance in a very long time to win a national championship. And they ran into a machine of Michigan who went undefeated all season long, had their ups and their downs, but found a way to win every single game. It says a lot about Jim Harbaugh with everything that happened, him missing three games. It wasn't games that they were going to lose, but nevertheless, he wasn't on the sidelines. He wasn't wearing those crunched up you know, khakis up to his waist or his chest or wherever he wears it. What we saw was a, a just a Michigan team explode in the fourth quarter. Absolutely explode in the fourth quarter and took over this game. Yeah, you also look at the weaknesses of Washington. I think Michigan was able to expose that well, especially with the outside run. And it's funny because Washington, before they hired this new coaching staff, that was always one of their big strengths. And they always had a lot of good, even NFL players in the front seven because they were very good at stopping the run for a while. But was their weakness this year? Michigan just exposed that right from the start. And you're right. The second and third quarter, they made good adjustments. Mm-hmm. They were able to get Corum for tackles for loss, I think, three different times during that second quarter. The problem is Washington's offense could never get into a rhythm. And Dylan Johnson 
Cousins injury Jeff definitely was hurtful. The other thing I think that was hurtful, which we've seen this coaching staff do much of the year, is they weren't ro- moving Odunes around as Mm-mm. much as we've seen them Not at all. do. They did it very well against Texas. Now, he was open a lot in the game. He was. And he was missing, and Penix was missing him in a lot of open throws. Yeah. The, the ones he were able to succeed on, though, were more shorter throws, which is not normally his game as much. They've had to use him in a much more versatile way and kind of change the skill set of these players because of that. Not, not, not that he's not good after the catch. He definitely still is. But you want him to be able to use him more on the intermediate routes. The same kind of things with their second receiver in Polk, who was really a non-factor in this game up until the second half. And that really, I think, falls on the play calling a lot more. And it's also just good defensive coaching on Michigan's part, too. Will Johnson, we talked about it with a couple of our guests that we've had on the show, yep. has been one of the best corners in the country for a while. And uh, Jeff, your guy, Sandra Still, has been a very good safety. So the, the, Michigan definitely has the defense to take away those top guys. But I don't think the play calling was adjusting well. Because the one thing Washington was good at doing was getting the yards after the catch on those shorter passes, but they were not going to that as much. And Michigan... They were just going to stick with their running game for a while. Once they deviated from it, they didn't really do much in the, in the third quarter because of that. And luckily for them, their defense and their special teams was phenomenal, too. Both were, quarterbacks didn't show up to the game. Yeah. I, I think they were hanging out. They were eating. They were drinking beer, eating falafels on the sidelines. <laughs> Who knows what they were doing? Because they did not show up to the game. J.J. McCarthy, 10 for 18, 140 yards. He had no touchdowns, no interceptions. He didn't put himself and he didn't put his team in harm's way. Penix did. Two interceptions. He threw the ball all in so many different spots and so many different you know ways where you you question where he was throwing the ball during the game but I'll tell you this Michael Penix for a guy that made a lot of mistakes in that game he still went out there and he still slung and you could say whatever you want about Michael Penix he's not an NFL quarterback he's not going to be, be anything in the NFL maybe he's a second round draft pick maybe he falls to the mid second round and and he's not a first round I do believe he's a first round draft pick mm-hmm. but what we have saw what we saw of him against Texas and even against this top end Michigan uh, Michigan Wolverine team is, he went out there, and no matter how much trouble he was in, he made sure that he was throwing the ball. He threw the ball 51 times. Right. 51 times. It wasn't like, hey, you know what? I'm going to just throw it 51 times and hope, hope that somebody catches the ball. He went out there, and he slung it out. He made two, two bad mistakes. One of them cost him for a touchdown and points on the board. Yeah. So it, it happens. They didn't lose by one touchdown. <laughs> So it it doesn't even matter if he made that mistake. So you have to look at the big picture here. And Michael Penix, I believe, is an NFL quarterback. Is he an elite quarterback? Will he be Lamar Jackson? I don't know. But what I do know is this guy has a set of you-know-what kahunas to go out there and do what he did on the national stage. Right. I'm not uh, one to be overreacting of one game really diminishing an entire draft stock either. I still think he has some good tools to be an NFL quarterback. He's mobile. He's good at throwing on the run. He's good at making tight intermediate throws. And they just weren't there in this game. The first interception he threw at the beginning of the third quarter was one of those types of throws. It was just a great play by Johnson. He kept his feet practically toe-tapped and kept his feet in bounds. And it was a nice play. He just wasn't getting those longer throws there, and that was the big difference in this game. Now, Michigan, I think that's a bigger level of defense than he's ever faced, even the, the top Pac-12 teams they faced this year. Michigan's defense has always been stifling and has been a top-10 defense much of this season and in past seasons with Harbaugh, and that maybe was a little bit more than he expected, but this pass rush, this play calling, I don't think really helped Penix either, so I don't really think it's all on him, and I did, definitely with, jo- with the injury to Johnson, I think that really hurt a lot of the things that he could have done on the receiving end, too, to counter that blitz, counter that front set, 
seven. And then for Michigan, they just stuck to their game plan on defense. They were able to man to man with own dunes and offensively, they went back to running the ball in the fourth quarter and ended up working, but it was their defense and their field position game that won. Them Do you think Corm is a top three round draft pick? Ooh, that's a tough one. He came back from that really bad injury last year. He came back, and he won a national championship, and he was a big part of that national championship. And and Donovan Edwards, too, fantastic in this game, too. I, I think he he's not ready for the NFL draft. I think he, Edward, he was he, two years, so I'm not sure if he's a third year guy yet. If he's not this year, he's definitely next year because he he was the one that had that big game against Ohio State in 2022. Mm-hmm. So Blake Corum could go somewhere. I don't know if he's a third. I would say he's a third round draft pick, and he's going to be a good running back in this league. He's small. He gets low. He's a John Connor size type, and he's got a lot of speed. So for a guy that small that could get in between so many tackles, I think he'll be good in the NFL. I, I think he could be consistent. I, I I could see the Giants going after him in the third or fourth round mm-hmm. um, because they're going to lose Saquon Barkley more than likely. I, I, he's not a fifth or sixth round draft pick. He's better than a fifth or sixth round draft Maybe pick. Maybe talent-wise, it just depends on how much they like the positional emphasis, too, because we talk about it all the time. No, he did come back top. from a bad injury. Yeah. I mean, he did. But he showed that he could still play the game, and he's still fairly young, and he has he has the legs. We've seen running backs, and like Jeff said, you could find a running back in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, or even on draft, and they turn out to be pretty good players. So yeah. uh, I, I like... Blake Corum, and I think he's going to be a good player in the NFL. There's a couple other players that really stood out to me. I don't know what J.G. McCarthy is, but if Jim Harbaugh comes to the league, if he gets the Chargers job, he's not going to be drafted right. J.J. McCarthy. He'd be an idiot. Uh, but uh, if he doesn't get that job, he goes to Washington or he goes wherever. Wherever he decides uh, makes sense for him. And there are a couple of teams that would love Jim Harbaugh to come over there and coach their teams. He's been successful in the NFL. His, his game and the way he plays his game uh, in the NFL, it works for the NFL. I don't know if it worked for college football. Now, he recruited very well. He had a very good recruitment over the last couple of years, and that helped him win a national championship. In the last three years, Michigan's been in the mix pretty much every single year. So uh, I, I think Jim Harbaugh needed to win that championship before he left Michigan, gave Michigan their first championship in like 30 years. Uh-huh. I, I mean, that meant a lot to him. That meant a lot to his family because they're all – Michigan Wolverines. His father used to coach there, so it made a lot of sense. And and John was there, too, celebrating with him. So it, it shows you how family-oriented the Harbaugh's are. And I have, to give, uh, I have to give Jim Harbaugh a lot of credit. Jim Harbaugh has been going through so many skeptical things and skepticism over the last couple of weeks. And the, he's been thrown to the wolves. He has been thrown to the wolves for all the things that's been going on in Michigan. But he's not the only coach that's cheated or have done stupid things over the years. Nope. Especially uh, now that they fired like three other staff members. Look at, so. look at Rick Pitino right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Rick Pitino goes to St. John's. But the only reason why he left Louisville is because of all the accusations that were coming out over there. Mm-hmm. So Pitino would still be there in Louisville if that didn't happen. Oh, they've been a train wreck since then, too, Louisville basketball. I, I, see, I, I do believe that... Coaches got to get one step all over all the other coaches because, yes, you need a good coach. Football especially. You need somebody that can run the helm, could be a leader of young men. But I could tell you this right now. You need the players around you, too, to win. And you have to be a good recruiter. And, and Jim Harbaugh's a good recruiter. Now if he goes to the NFL, he knows who's coming out of the draft. He knows these players. So what is he going to do? 
He's going to help the team that he goes to, help them draft players that he thinks will fit his offense and his defense moving forward. And if they have a quarterback, if they, the Chargers are the perfect fit for Jim. I mean, Justin Herbert there. I mean, and I, we'll get into the Jim Harbaugh thing because there's, there's a lot of, lot of things that we can get in with Jim Harbaugh. And here it is. National NFL reporter Cam Marino reports that the Chargers are going to go full court press in pursuing Jim Harbaugh to, to be their next head coach after the national championship game. The Athletics' Mike Sando reports that a lot of the Chargers players would prefer Harbaugh to be their next head coach over the available candidates. Sando also added that Harbaugh would prefer to go to the Chargers over the Raiders, who wouldn't. (laughs) Uh, Teams could start talking to Harbaugh now because he is not a coordinator affiliated with an NFL team in the playoffs. Coordinators uh, that are on playoff teams can't interview until after the divisional round. The Raiders... Bears, Patriots, and Commanders have also expressed interest in Jim Harbaugh. Could you imagine him going to the Patriots? <laughs> Harbaugh was 89-25 and 25 as Michigan's head coach, made the college football playoff three years in a row, and just won his first national championship. And he goes out into the sun, and he looks like the savior of Michigan Wolverine football. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, he, he did a Peyton Manning. <laughs> and that's that uh, Peyton Manning didn't really do anything in the final <laughs> championship that he won. But, hey, he was there. He was on the field. He was the winning quarterback. And Tom and he Brady was the backup quarterback at Michigan when they won. <laughs> well, there you go. And, I mean, he wasn't there. He wasn't there. I, I don't no, he wasn't he the was. starter. He was the backup. No, but he he wasn't there that night. He wasn't there last night, was uh, he? I don't think. Oh, no, him? he was in the press box, I thought. Did he you was, see him? I'm pretty sure he was in the press box. I did see him. I, I did see John. He was sitting on the sidelines, and I saw a bunch of people, a lot of ex-Michigan Wolverines that were there, and, and some, obviously, movie stars and singers and uh, anybody that's a Michigan Wolverine fan. I mean, I'm not. and I'm surprised our friend wasn't there and. You know who I'm talking about, Mr. Carl, yeah. uh, as he was a Wolverine himself, and he, he was very happy. He was probably peeing his pants I'm sure last our, night. I'm sure our friend John Jansen was there. Oh, absolutely. And he loved every bit of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, he loved every bit of it. But it, it's it's something that says a lot about Jim Harbaugh, that he, he gave back to the Wolverines, something that a lot of people thought he wasn't. Over the last three years... Four years, he's fallen apart right on his face. How many times has Ohio State beaten them and pulverized them year after year after year and finally figured it out, and now they're on a winning streak against Ohio State? I mean, it couldn't couldn't get over the hump. And and maybe the last three years of his recruiting classes actually worked Mm -hmm. because Jim Harbaugh is the story. He is the story. For everything that we are going to speak about today, and, and obviously the Aaron Rodgers story is interesting too, <laughs> but nevertheless, uh, he, he said some interesting stuff on the Pat McAfee show too. <laughs> oh man, Aaron just likes to throw. I, I got to give Aaron Rodgers a little bit of credit. For everybody, watch Jordan Love, and everybody thinks they're praising Jordan Love, that he's some God's gift to the world because he threw 32 touchdowns and 11 interceptions, and everybody says, thank you, Aaron, for giving us Jordan Love. If anything... Aaron Rodgers helped Jordan Love develop. So thank Aaron Rodgers for delivering you your next savior, Green Bay Packer fans. Yeah, I, uh, going back to the national championship, I just want to say with Michigan. Cheers for that! Yeah, I just Kiss wanna, my ass! I think now when you look at the circumstances for Jim Harbaugh, what he had to do, the, this particular recruiting class in general, where they had all those 
COVID-related sanctions, too, before that in 2020. And that, a lot of those players were freshmen at the time, and a lot of them were either still there, and the ones that left obviously were transferred, but that's their rallying point, and them being able to turn around, especially against Ohio State, ended up being their rally point. And it's still showing in college football, too, that the defense will still matter most, no matter who the quarterback is. Look at Georgia the last two years. Stetson Bennett, nobody's talking about him as an NFL quarterback. There was like a, the seventh-round pick this year. And Hopefully we, we see Bennett actually play in the NFL. I think the Rams actually cut him, and then they brought him back on the practice squad. There we go. So we'll There's see. There's a chance, baby. We'll see. But you also, There's a chance for Benny. And then you also look at all those Alabama teams, like you were saying, all these random scrub quarterbacks like Greg McElroy that can win national I think the only thing that anybody cares about when it comes to the Bengals now is Browning's girlfriend over there in the press box. Oh, well, yeah. There's also I mean, did that. she not look good, man? <laughs> yeah, there is also I got to give him a lot of credit for you know landing one of those. I mean, like, she uh, looked good. Going back to your- <laughs> I can't lie. But, but going back to what you were saying about Harbaugh too, like it'll be interesting now in his second wave of the NFL teams, how much you, how much these changed his coaching style now that he's worked with a lot of these younger players, now going back to a lot of these veteran players too, and how much insight he'll have on scouting players. Will he change his style for the NFL, which is turning into a younger person's league, especially in the NFL draft where you want to get these young quarterbacks. So what are you saying? Fast. I'm too old for the leagues? No, not you. Well, I'm yeah, I'm, you. it's a younger man's league. You're 28. I'm 41. Yeah, and if you were to go to an NFL tryout, I don't think I don't think they would. They want you. They don't want me. No, they wouldn't. Yeah, they said they want younger. Yeah, they also wouldn't want anyone that's 150 pounds. Well, that's true. Uh, that's not true. I right. mean, Devontae yeah, Smith. Devontae Smith's 170 pounds. Don't believe that. Yeah, he the is. eyes are Devante bigger Smith is than your crotch. I'm sorry. I would hope not, but that's Are your story. eyes bigger than your crotch? I would hope not. Okay, I'm just asking. If that was the case, I would probably have my eyes explode. But nevertheless, <laughs> Devon, it might. Darren Sproles was probably the smallest one. Things and he's 165 pounds, so that wasn't going to happen. But nevertheless, it'll be interesting to see now going to another NFL team because it seems like that's going to be the direction he goes and how he'll change his style in order to do that. Now, the Chargers are interesting because they're mostly a veteran team, but maybe they could use somebody like Harbaugh to get younger while they still have a lot of these big contracts on their team. The Raiders have to get younger if they're going to go after Harbaugh. A lot of guys will be gone from the Chargers. A lot of guys are going to have to be gone from the Chargers because they're $45 million over the salary cap right now and they have a lot of bad contracts especially on defense and the Raiders they just need to rebuild in general for a lot of just Khalil Mack even though the sensational year that he had he's going to be gone yeah trade him at his highest point why not I mean you can get a significant I don't think you get a first round draft pick for Khalil but you'll probably get a second round draft pick for Khalil that's it you're only going to get a second and Khalil Mack could change your defense you put him on Bolt, I, I mean, Baltimore don't need him, but uh, not anymore. Like a year ago, they might have. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine him on that defense, or uh-huh. even Buffalo bring him over there with yep. Von Miller? Von Miller is not the same guy, but hey, we saw uh, how many years. Uh, look at the Cowboys, what they did. So uh, over the years, I, I'm, I'm not saying the Cowboys were any good. I'm just saying <laughs> uh, they they found a way for years. They had all those different guys, and even the Broncos. That bringing all the, the the Smith and bringing all these other guys over there. So Miami might need him with all the edge rushers that are hurt for him right them right now. <laughs> I th- listen, I, I'm just going to speak the truth here. Jim Harbaugh is going to be a must hit for for a lot of these teams. I could see the Commanders going heavily after him because he's a big name and oh, Harris. Sure. Harris wants to transition his team, and he has a chance if you bring in Jim Harbaugh, you start from scratch, but. I, th- I still believe there's a coach right there, an offensive coordinator, that deserves an interview. Yep. And if they don't get him, they probably are going to lose him to the Atlanta Falcons, from what we're hearing. Yeah, he's definitely going to the Atlanta Falcons. I think he fits perfect over there with Atlanta. Yeah, Could yeah. you imagine what he does to that offense? Oh, yeah. And Kyle they- Pitts is a star. <laughs> yeah, you are. Kyle Pitts will become the best tight end in football. Everything that we expected. 
if you know who goes over there. Yeah, you want you want the guy that just uh, helped Travis Kelsey. Mr. B, baby. Mr. B. That's what I call him. Helping the most athletic tight end prospect we've seen in a very long time. Yeah, that's a, that's going to be good odds. Uh, not what you did, Mr. Arthur Smith, rotating around all the three tight ends. Well, you know, it's interesting. Arthur Smith is a good offensive coordinator. Maybe he goes to the Jets when they fire Nathaniel Hackett early next season. Uh, who knows? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. If Nobody else is going to hey, hire him. Think about it this way. You were complaining about Nathaniel Hackett not using Brees Hall. I don't know if you would want Arthur Smith not using Brees Hall. Listen, Arthur Smith has a better better record, track record, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to, uh, you know, solidifying the young quarterback, all right? Uh, and I like, and I, by the way, I like Nathaniel Hackett. I, it's, there's a lot of questions to what the Jets said over the last couple of days, including Garrett Wilson coming out and saying that they've been always out-schemed by the other team. That just tells you what Nathaniel Hackett is not doing. Uh, and I know he's going to come out and say that he wasn't throwing Nathaniel Hackett under the bus, but who are you throwing under the bus if you're bringing up schemes? The guy that's calling the schemes, Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, and Dalvin Cook leaving and going over to Baltimore, you're going to see why I still think Dalvin Cook has a little bit left in the tank. Well, yeah, there's so, a big difference in playing at the Ravens' offensive line than the Jets' offensive line. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I mean, Dalvin Cook still ran behind... Uh, a pretty decent line in Minnesota, but not a great line. It was a good line, but uh, it was it was. I think the Ravens have peaked value to anything that the Vikings have had. And the Jets ran the ball pretty well this year when they gave it to Brees Hall. When they did it, so I don't know. If I, you I, I don't understand why they still want to give it to Bijan Robinson. <laughs> I think you give the ball twenty five times to Brees Hall every single game, no matter what. Yeah, he's still a fifteen hundred scrimmage yards. It's all the. the it's crazy. The guy. The guy was not even 100% this year, and you could tell he was in 100%, and he still had over 1,500 yards, scrimmage yards. It, it doesn't make any sense. And by the way, he didn't really pick up his game until the last five games of the season. Yeah. So, I mean, because that finally Nathaniel Hackett said, hey, maybe I should give the ball to Brees. Oh, my God. We don't need to be rocket sciences here. Mm-hmm. Something scientists, that, I'm so, sorry. Something it is that, rocket science. Something but, that Arthur Smith didn't do. And now we all comes. know there is a rocket scientist right now, uh, you know, coaching, uh, you know, a defense right now. Yeah, and the, in the NFL. Th- that's not ideal either. But what do you think about that, Matt Patricia? Oh yeah, he's uh, ruining that team in a heartbeat. Speaking of Matt Patricia, Good we job have our for uh, the Eagles. Speaking of Matt Patricia, we have our uh, alleged Patriots fan that's uh, making fun of Bill Belichick on the phone. And Jeff. Wow, Jeffrey, what's up, my friend? I got. I gotta do it. I gotta eat shit. I gotta eat shit. Michigan. Michigan won a championship. It doesn't feel good. It does not feel good. They had to cheat twice in the same year and avoid playing Georgia to do it. So it doesn't feel real, but they did it. Are you going to just praise them forever now? No, they still suck. <laughs> like they still are terrible. Like that. Like what did they do? They ran the football against the team that was like I totally called this like exactly how this game was going to go. And before you call bullshit on that, even ask your Michigan fan, Carl, because I told him what was going to happen a week ago. With college football, I I, I agree with you. There's a lot of things that you know about college football that I have to give you credit for. I say it all the time. You know college football. So I'm not going to question what your thoughts are when it comes to that particular game because you're good at it. I told told them point blank, period. Michigan is going to bully them. That's what they're going to do. It's going to be like me versus the beef. He's just going to get bullied. Poor the right? beef. Like you're just, Poor the beef. That's just what, right? Like, that's just what it's going to be. Like, Michigan is bigger on the line of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively. So they were just going to push him around. Like, no matter what award Washington's offensive line won, it was dumb, right? Michael Penix got exposed again. Like, how open does Roma Dunze have to get for you to – 
throw him the football because he was open by 15 yards. No one around him. He overthrew him by 10 yards. I like that. It's bad on Instagram routes. I like that. That was that was tough for Penix to watch, which is surprising for him because he's normally good with those outside throws. Yeah, it was just it was just embarrassing what he did. Like honestly, embarrassing. Like he was honestly scared of Michigan's pass rush. Mm-hmm. And they, once <laughs> they got better, once they got better in the third quarter too, that Michigan pass rush really got it going. And Penix, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Better? All they did was the their most their best weapon they had was that dude wept over the tight end. Yes, and that's because they weren't paying attention to him. Jalen Polk and, and Williams. And yeah, Williams, Polk would disappear completely. Yeah, they shrunk. They shrunk. And Michael Penix, when he had guys open, missed them constantly. And then threw a horrible pass that got intercepted. A great interception to start the second half. Yeah. But a horrible pass into that coverage. Had no business throwing that pass. Like, like he's just scared. Like, that is not an NFL quarterback. If you're scared of Michigan, you're sure as fuck going to be scared of even the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> well, there might be a couple of players going to Carolina by the end of this. <clears throat> no, they won't because they don't have any draft picks. <laughs> well, hold on one second. They don't have a first round draft pick. They have second rounds, don't they? Yeah, they got, I think they got one. But, right, but, right, but like, this is how you have to look at it. Like, in, in college, uh, each team in the playoff will probably have – five guys that play NFL football, maybe, maybe a couple more, you know, like, but around like five guys, that's it. It's five NFL players. That's who you have to face five. And if you can't beat five NFL players, you're sure as shit not going to beat 11. Well, that's true. And, and again, I'm looking forward to seeing what this is going to be like next year with 12 teams going and fighting for that national champion. That'll be fun. It'll definitely be something to watch. Uh, something that we won't have to have the argument with Florida State not getting in. Like I was tired of having the who's four, who's five argument year mm. after year. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of you know? a lot of bad controversy with that. That'll just be the new who's twelve, who's thirteen. Somebody else will be annoyed, but not as bad as the and, four and, five. <laughs> and, and and think about this. Ask yourself a question. Seriously, ask you: Does Michigan win if it was twelve teams this year? No. Now it wasn't, and they still get a national title. That's fine. Do they still win if it's twelve no. teams this year? I think Georgia wins. I still think Georgia. Yeah, wins. Mm-hmm. yeah they were the, they were clearly the best team. They had one unfortunate loss and by three points, yeah. <laughs> right, and didn't get in over two other teams that had one loss, which I think is crazy. a crock. Yeah, it's but, a crock. You know, no, 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 because those other teams earned it as well. Those other teams had some good wins. And yeah, I didn't realize the Texas versus Georgia argument was that close either. <clears> like uh, that, I, when I looked at, it, I'm like, oh, I'm not surprised because I wasn't thinking about it because I didn't expect Georgia to lose. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I don't – like, Georgia wasn't themselves either. I think you're actually seeing more parity come into college football with the portal the way it is. Mm-hmm. Like, it's actually evening things out so terrible teams like Michigan can pretend they're good. <laughs> do, um, you, do you think Deion Sanders interviews for at least one or two NFL jobs? And he came out and said, no, year, like, about no. two years ago that he is not interested in coaching men. He wants to coach young men. I don't know. That didn't sound right when he said that, by the way. No, I don't think that that would, I don't think that that would go well at all either. Either because like if you everyone's going to take offense to this and, and that's fine i'm not going to give a shit but if you look at what dion does dion likes to bully kids and assert his authority like his his opening meeting there was like i'm bringing my own luggage and it's louis so you can leave if you want to go ahead and, walk, <laughs> right, like, so, right, go ahead and, and walk it's louis an nfl locker room and try that shit those are grown men that'll punch you in the face we were talking about it last week we were talking about it last week with brandon lloyd russell wilson gets his own office and nobody likes it <laughs> It's it's literally it's literally why 
you know, again, people are going to get mad. It's literally why the Davos Swinnies will never coach there. It's no. why Nick Saban failed. It's why a lot of these coaches failed because they're used to punching down on kids and taking advantage of them. And, oh, you're going to do what I say or you're going to sit and I'm just going to. Well, Nick Saban, uh, did he fail? He, had, he coached one year. He was 9 and 7, I think. They had a winning record, didn't he? I think he was nine and Is seven he, with Miami, wasn't he? He wasn't. He wasn't any good. But I'm just saying, he still had a winning record in the NFL. So, right, and then he hightailed it back to college. Well, because he had a chance to coach Alabama. I'd be doing the same thing and become would, the he, greatest he, he college would, coach of all time. But, but he he could have gone to Lenore Ryan, and people and kids would have followed him there, and he could have won anywhere. I think so too. I, I do believe right. that too. So, it was, so, so going to Alabama is bullshit. Because Alabama isn't isn't a school that you go to for the money. Yeah, they're paying him money, but they're not the richest school. He could have held out for Texas A and M or Texas, and then taken all the money. So he just knew he couldn't hack it in the NFL. Well, it was nine and seven the first year, six and ten the second. Year. Okay, it was the two years. I forgot the six and ten season. That's <clears throat> and getting worse, by the way, because it was his tenure that basically drove the Dolphins into the world of shit for the next decade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got that. Am, right. I wrong? Am I wrong? No, no, you're not wrong. Adam Gase might be the best coach they had for those ten years. Yeah. That's saying something. Right. Well, right. Mike right. McDaniel. Well, now, no, no, I'm talking about for the yeah. ten year span. He's talking about. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, like great college coach, but that's because he can manipulate these young kids because they don't. They for most of the time they didn't have a choice. Now, you, what you see going on, like look at Dabo Swinney can't just tell some kid, oh, go sit, sit, sit down and shut up. He can't do that no more because the kid has leverage, and he'll go, "Oh yeah, sit down, shut up, transfer portal." <laughs> you, like, Pull your so pampers that, up. You're going to be crying after this, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like guys like Dabo Swinney don't like the fact that kids have leverage now. Mm. They don't like that. Like that's why he was fighting against it and crying about it because he couldn't tell. No, he can. He can make nine or ten million dollars a year, but hey, if a kid could get you know five hundred thousand or four hundred thousand, that's not good enough for him. Come on, it's such a. I not, love not these coaches. To another school and get more. I I, I love these coaches. They even, cry about all these about, stupid things. Right, but it's also not even about necessarily the money because all of the big schools are going to offer similar money to people. It's about the respect and the playing time. Yep. If you're just going to say to some kid, you know, because all all of these kids, whether they're deluded or not. All believe they can play at the next level. Oh, yeah. I just play a little bit, show what I can, right? So that's what it's about. Like, all these kids want to get on the field so they can show what they can do. Mm. And they're not going to be held hostage by a coach anymore because coaches used to do that to kids. Oh, you're not going to do what I say? Dude, go you're back not to play. before the portal. Go back to the before the portal when you needed permission from the coach to transfer somewhere and he wouldn't sign your paper if you're going to transfer in conference. That's not a thing anymore. Nope. You could do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Right, exactly. So they're losing. That's why people like Davos Swinney are the biggest bitches on the planet that don't like that they've lost complete control over someone's life. Is mm. what it Lane is. Kiffin did the same thing, and now they their star running back just transferred to Ohio State. <laughs> oh, poor yeah, Lane. I don't, I, yeah, but I, I he's getting so many more kids. Lane Kiffin's doing a really good job in the portal. Like I don't know if you're paying attention. I haven't done the, not the really whole thing. Job. I haven't I haven't seen the whole thing, but I know he did last year too, and like they were able to peak. Well, he's I an like NFL him. style quarterback coach. I mean, and he's a guy that knows how to coach. So, oh yeah, I like their quarterback. Yeah. I, I I didn't see I didn't see the re- recent recruiting rankings. I, I he's did good read with quarterbacks. He's very everything that I've learned about Lane Kiffin. He's very good at coaching quarterbacks. He's very good. And, and, and not for nothing, I think Blake Corum has the potential to be a decent NFL running back. Like, I think he could be good. 
But like, look at what happened. Like, here's the comparison I would make, whether you think it's fair or not. I don't know. He's Deuce Vaughn. That's yeah. what he is. He's Deuce Vaughn. And can Deuce Vaughn get on an NFL field? Sure he can in garbage time. Yeah, no, he's like their fourth running back. Well, hey, uh, we've right, seen quarter, too, we've seen quarterbacks too, come out of nowhere. Why can't we see running backs come out of nowhere? Because they're too small and they're too easy to tackle. You don't see. I mean, Arian on. Foster wasn't that big. I think he was like five yeah. nine, five ten. Right, but the right, but the difference is he can break tackles. Blake Corum is one of the easiest dudes to tackle. I don't think Blake Corum, from an NFL perspective, is even is even the best running back on Michigan's roster. Donovan Edwards is a runner, dude. Mm. Interesting. Like he's got size and he can run into people. Like, yeah. Like, I'm, I, look, I hope Blake Corum proves me wrong. But like, have you ever seen Blake Corum break a tackle? Not no. often. He's got a. He's got like uh-huh. no neck. I mean, ever look at him? <laughs> yeah, he's a. Stout he can borrow some for dude. Peyton Manning. <laughs> he's got, no, well, dude, no, no, dude. Peyton Manning stout. has that neck, man. He looks like an ostrich. He's a, he's a stout little dude, but in the NFL, you're going to be contacted at the line of scrimmage on every like in college. You have the chance to run free because if you're a better like like I said, there's only like five NFL players on the roster, right? Yeah, there's no guarantee that that offensive line where he goes is going to be good like Michigan's. (laughs) So, yeah, right. So, and Blake Horn was a four-star. A four-star can outrun a two-star. That's just what it is. When you get to the NFL and everybody runs as fast as you, what's, what's your difference maker? Well, you have to be a good if you're if you're a running back, you got to be a route, good route runner, and you got to be able to catch the ball in the backfield route and break tackles. Right, but right, but route running has zero to do with being a running back. Sure, it's an element, but I'm talking about when you hand the ball off. What's your difference maker? Power, speed, secondary moves. All, all, all of which Blake Corum doesn't have. Power. He's one of the easiest guys to tackle. Like one of the like, let's just compare him to another guy in the draft, okay? Mm. And I don't know if he'll go ahead of Blake Corum or behind him or whatever. What do you think of Braylon Allen? Yeah, much more skilled, I think, and also much bigger and can run through dudes. So let's just say no running backs are taken until the second round, okay? Interesting. Yeah, which probably will happen. Yeah. I don't think we'll and see then, another B.J. Robinson in the first round this or Gibbs. No, B. John Robinson was a special great and, and athleticism. By the way, <laughs> and, and by the way, uh, Gibbs looked really good at the end of the season. He looked really, really good. I mean, he looked good all season long. Really yeah, and I, I think he's special. I, I really do. Everybody was questioning why they drafted him so early, but now we see why the Lions decided right, but, to scoop him up. Right, but if you're any team in the league, let's, uh, we're Jets fans, Errol, so let's take the Jets. <laughs> team, okay, right? oh okay? God, let, let, let's just do it. No, no running back is taken in the first two rounds, and every NFL team is going to take one in the third. Let's just pretend that's the case. It's not what happens, but I'm just saying. And now you have the choice of all these running backs. Do you want Blake Corum, who can't break a tackle, or would you rather have Jonathan Brooks? No, I, I would or, look at, I would look at, I, I think Blake Corum's a fourth round draft pick, late third, fourth round draft pick. And that's what I think teams are going to look at, especially if he does well at the combine. I, I, if he the does combine good. Combine also means nothing. I know, right. I know, but they look at the when combine. When's the last time you've seen someone get tackled at the combine? <laughs> I've seen a lot of guys jump from a third round draft pick to a first round draft pick out of nowhere because of yeah, that Mike combine. Yeah, and he sucked because of that combine. It, that, that combine happened for the muggles who just don't take it for what it's worth and they think, oh, well, he fucking lifted the, the 100 and, well, I don't know, is it 225? Oh, he bench pressed the 225 13 times. Good for him. <laughs> Has nothing to do with if you can break a tackle. Nothing. <laughs> and not to mention, he's also, what is Blake Corm? Is he 5'6? 
Five eight. Five eight. Five eight. He's five eight. Yeah. So, so how long are the arms on a five eight? And Arian Forster was five ten, I think he was. Right, right. So yeah. Blake, how long are the arms on a five eight? He's so not. He doesn't gonna... have long arms. He doesn't have long legs. Right. He has no right. neck. So, right. So, so, he's not, so he's also not going <laughs> to be able to stiff arm anyone, is he? No, but it, he will never hurt his neck. <laughs> I mean, but that's, I mean, I get I'm where just you're going. messing around. I'm messing he, around. I, I know, dude, I get where you're going because he looks like a thumb. I get it, right? He like, does, totally by the way. It's but, funny. But, like, but like <laughs> he doesn't have attributes that are going to help him at the next level when everyone on every team, like, regardless of what you think of some of the bad teams, the Patriots, the, the Panthers, the the Bears. You know, you how, watch who's going to draft them. The Patriots are going to draft them. Right, but, like, you. You look at every NFL team. Every every NFL team has guys that are monsters. Every one of them. Mm. Now he'll be at the Chargers' fourth round pick when Jim Harbaugh goes there. <laughs> no, I think I watch what's going to happen. He's he's going to go to the Patriots. <laughs> he'll be drafted by the Patriots. He's probably not. <laughs> Screw really you, Rob. <laughs> But no, because the Patriots will probably draft a quarterback in the first round. Oh, they're definitely drafting they a quarterback, and, and unless. And, yeah, and then they should spend the next seven rounds because they have compensatory picks. So whatever their next ten picks should all be offensive linemen, putrid on the offensive linemen. Yeah, we'll see if uh, Bill Belichick will be the guy making those draft picks. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. He doesn't want to yeah, be the GM anymore. Apparently, hey, I think Vrabel. It's a perfect fit back. right now. Vrabel now is a free agent. I think that's what's going to happen. Vrabel's the they next could. head coach. Yep, they I think could, he is. but. I, I, it could, but I don't necessarily think that that's the case. They gave Bill Belichick a lot I of would. money, and they and they made uh, they made bring in Josh McDaniels back. And regardless of what you think, is Josh McDaniels is a head coach, and we all know he sucks. Yeah, he's also a good he's also a good quarter. He's he's Raheem Morris. Was Raheem Morris a good offense, a good head coach? Not Was, really. You know, right? But he's a great coordinator, right? Hmm. So maybe that's just his permanent role from now on. Maybe he's just a. Rex Ryan, that's a good coordinator and not a good head coach. I think his, I think Bill Belichick should just head on out of there and go somewhere else. I, I really do. I, I think this team, you know, needs a new, you know, a new chief in town. And I think Vrabel would be a perfect fit over there. And I think Bill could go anywhere he wants. He has the opportunity to coach anybody who he wants. So I but think. But what's, he, a, but, but what's a better situation than New England? The Chargers. Absolutely not. I, I, Absolutely I, I, not. We'll, we'll they, talk about they, this tomorrow. Call back tomorrow. We'll get they into have it. No, they we'll have no tomorrow. weapons there. They have they have nothing there. We'll, we'll talk, I'm, I'm, I disagree, but we'll, we'll get into it tomorrow, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. So congratulations to Carl, I guess. <laughs> that sucks. I got to eat shit now. Oh, you're going to eat and it? Also, are, you, are you really going to eat no, it? No, we didn't make that bet, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to hear from him now, which is <laughs> You know, these Michigan people, they really are the dirtiest people on the planet, aren't they? It's like a whole fan base of the beef. <laughs> Just dirty, filthy mongrels, these people. Jeff, we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, boys, go Jets. <laughs> mongrels. He's, he's That's what I have heard in a while. He is mongrels. such an idiot. I have to say, he, he's got – he knows – college football so very well. He knows everything about certain players. 
every single player, if you name a player, he knows something about him. So I have to give him credit about that when, when it comes to college football. Everything else, he, 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 there's a lot of questions to his, his thoughts to it. But uh, he knows his college football. There was no official decisions made on Bill Belichick yet. And Bill said it was too early to make decisions on his future because he's under contract. There is a belief that Belichick could stay with the Patriots as the head coach, but step away from the general manager. Many former Patriot players, including uh, Rob Nikovich, uh, Devin McCourty, and Gronk, have said that they think he will likely stay at least one more year. I disagree. The Athletics' uh, Jeff Howe reports that Josh McDaniels could go back to the Patriots as the offensive coordinator if Belichick stays. Reports say that Mike Rabel could be interested in returning to the Patriots as their head coach if Bill Belichick retires or goes elsewhere. The athletic Diane Russini reports that the Falcons have significant interest in Bill Belichick if he leaves the Patriots. The Patriots were 4-13 and this season, Belichick's worst record in a single season in 28 years of coaching. Oh, my God. Josh McDaniels going back to the Patriots absolutely helps him offensively. But they have a good offensive coordinator and O'Brien there. A guy that's been successful as an offensive coordinator. A guy that's been somewhat successful as a head coach with the Texans. Why would you bring in a failure of a head coach in Josh McDaniels? Now, he did have Tom Brady. And he looked the best when it comes to offensive coordinating Mac Jones. But you're not bringing back Mac Jones. So why would you bring Josh McDaniels back? It would make no sense. And why would you bring back a crybaby, antic, lunatic who doesn't know how to handle youngsters, doesn't know how to handle his own players, and pretty much runs players out? It doesn't make sense. Now... Bill Belichick has a better chance, and I disagree, and we'll get into it tomorrow, I'm sure. He'll call up and argue his points. The Chargers have no weapons. That's not true. Mike Williams is a weapon. Okay, they have Eckler still there. Now, if they decide to move him, which they probably will, uh, why would they move Eckler if... They bring in a good offensive-minded coach, defensive-minded coach, and you know Bill Belichick likes to run the ball. Now I know Eckler does. I I know Bill Belichick doesn't like to pay running backs. Yeah, but hey, Austin Eckler is a game changer. And another thing, Josh McDaniels might be a name, but is it a name that you want to bring back to your organization to know that if? You decide to part ways with Bill Belichick. He'd be the next guy in line to take over that job. So would you trust in Josh McDaniels taking over your franchise after he took over not one, but two franchises and and get fired within two years of both those franchises? It doesn't make sense. I would not bring Josh McDaniels in. And we all know Robert Kraft has like, like this love fest for Josh McDaniels. For what reason? He decided to not take the Indianapolis Colts job, which shame on him because at the time it might have worked for him. I don't know if you're a Patriot fan, you want Bill Belichick to come back. And I'm not going to – I think Bill Belichick is the greatest NFL football coach of all time now. And Lombardi is right there with him. But I think what Bill has done 
in the consistency of 23 years as the coach of the New England Patriots, I don't think anybody has ever had a successful run like Bill Belichick has had in 23 years. Yeah, and I also talk about it with the Giants a couple of years ago, too. Like They have to get away from the identity of trying to do everything the way they used to, too. And I think the Giants, it took them forever to not hire guys within their organization previously. Dave Gettleman, they brought back when he was there, and all these other ex-Giant coaches that had ties to the organization. Finally, they do a fresh start. Dable looks like a good coach. We'll still see on Joe Shane. He's very average at best. But regardless, they went with a different approach. The Patriots might have to look that way, too. And if that's the case, there's no reason to bring in Josh McDaniels, too. Because there's no guarantee, even if Belichick stays one more year, there's no guarantee he stays after that, too. So then you have Josh McDaniels stuck on a new coaching staff altogether. I'll tell you this. The Chargers should look at Mike Vrabel, too. I mean, he would be a good fit over there. Uh, Their defense that has a bunch of good defenders over there on their roster that has not really taking it to the next level. Derwin James, and I think Derwin James is one of the more underrated safeties in the league. He can't stay healthy, and for some reason, all these schemes that he's played under are not the schemes that fit him. Maybe Mike Frapel can find find him his scheme that will fit his, his talents. I, I just think... There's a lot of questions with this Charger team, and yes, they're over the cap, but they have tremendous. They have a tremendous amount of talent over there, and they have one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. A successful, successful young quarterback that needs the right coach. He needs the right regime that's going to take him to the next height. Because the last two regimes that he's had under and he's been under has been absolutely horrific. And and again, you look at where the Patriots are as an organization. They need to look elsewhere. They can't keep bringing in guys that are going to run Bill Belichick's schemes. Okay? I- I'm sorry. Mike Vrabel is not going to run the Patriots' scheme if he goes there. Mm-hmm. Mike Vrabel's been a coach with Tennessee. He ran a completely different scheme over there. Now, their defense was a little bit somewhat like the Patriots, but he really built his defense from the front seven, not from the corners. If you look at Bill Belichick over the years, he always had good corners and he didn't really build from up top. So I, now that's not all the teams, Jeff, and and they did have good front sevens. I'm not saying they didn't. Vince Wilfork is a borderline hall of famer. Good linebackers too. Yeah. And they did. They always had good linebackers, but where they really were dominant was the safety position position in the corner positions. They always found corners, and they always ran his scheme as well, no matter no matter if he was in a Bill Belichick offense, a defense. And then when he would go somewhere else, they would fail. So it, it works for Bill Belichick. It hasn't worked for other coaches. So I, I'm interested to see if Bill Belichick stays with the Patriots. I'm interested to see if Josh McDaniels, comes over there with him. Why would they bring him there when they have Bill O'Brien? It doesn't make sense. What are you doing with Bill then? Are you moving him out? And if he, if you are, I, I think the Jets should be in line to bring in Bill O'Brien. I mean, it doesn't make sense why they keep Nathaniel Hackett there. Well, it does because Aaron, <laughs> a.k.a. Captain General Lieutenant <laughs> Rogers is running that organization right now. And I love Aaron. I do. I think Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. And he, yeah, to me... I think if the Jets could protect him next year, he's going to do wonders for the New York Jets. But here's the problem. 
if he's running the team, he's running the organization, it just shows you how incompetent the organization is. Right. And, and you, I go back to Mike Vrabel, too. Like, he is a good coach. He's definitely going to get another job. I also look at the Patriots, though, identity. Like, if you're trying to stick with that kind of way, like, why not just bring Belichick back? Like, it doesn't make sense to go elsewhere just in that same direction when we've seen we've seen these other guys fail in other locations, too. Not that Vrabel's not a good coach. He's definitely a good coach, but there's no guarantee that he's going to be good again with this current Patriots team. And you look at what you were talking about before, them trying to bring in all these other expatriate players, it doesn't work. They brought Malcolm Butler and Logan Ryan to that Titans team. They both flopped over there. And they brought Deion Lewis there. He flopped over there. Flopped like a turtle. And look at the Lions when they brought Like in, a turtle. They brought in Patricia. They bring in Trey Flowers to Do a they huge flop? contract. I don't know if they flop. They might, but regardless. Spin them around. Jamie Collins they brought Turn there. Turn them backwards. Fail. Uh, Deron Harmon. Spin them around. Oh, that's up to that. Like a dreidel. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll judge that on the next time we approach Hanukkah. But Instead of dreidel, 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 turtle, 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 I don't know, made I, it out of clay. Ask Adam Sandler. Like that? He might know. I, well, I don't want him to sing about turtles. Unless he's a Why ninja not? turtle. Could you Adam imagine Sa- Adam Sandler, Sandler a as a ninja turtle? About turtles? Could you imagine Adam Sandler as a ninja turtle? I probably could, actually. Yeah? Who, who do you think he'd be? He'd be the best ninja. Which turtle would he be? I don't know. <laughs> Take a guess. I mean, I would say Michelangelo. Okay. Because Michelangelo's the funny one. All right, there you go. See, Adam Sandler. Mike, Michael, Cowabunga! Michael Sangelo. There you go. I don't, I don't know about that. that doesn't Michael Sandlergelo. It doesn't fit. No, no, it doesn't fit. Michael Sangelo. We'll Somebody go needs to smack you around. A we'll go, we'll go with that. But either way, when you look mm-hmm. at this, this Patriots team, if they're going to go with an all-fresh start, go with an all-fresh start. If you're going to still stick with the Patriots way, Robert Kraft, just do Bill Belichick. Mike Vrabel will get another job somewhere else if he doesn't go to the Patriots. I do believe he's enticed by the idea, obviously, but I just don't think he has the right now – Ability to hire Josh McDaniels and just right try to keep that now, going. Hey, there's no tomorrow. Who sings that? Sammy Hagar. That's right. no. Well, Van Halen. Van Halen. Yeah, there you go. But it's when Sammy Hagar. I'm not a there. singer, ladies and gentlemen. I don't want to scare you guys away, but you know, I know some music. I am a DJ. Mm-hmm. I'll spin it, and I don't know if I would spin Van Halen. I mean, I I'll play Van Halen, but spinning it is it's going to be hard with the the solos of Eddie Van Halen. Love yeah. him. And as, as far as Bill Belichick going elsewhere, I definitely think it's a strong possibility. The, the, I mentioned Washington definitely could use a real culture change. Atlanta. I'm telling you, Vrabel's the next head coach. Either. With the Patriots, I, I do believe it's going to happen, too. I just don't know how much it's going to work to the level that Robert Kraft is thinking it's going to work. And they better hope that they can bring a good offensive mind and make it work. Because everyone likes to make the argument of, oh, you need an offensive coach in today's league, which is not necessarily true. But you also just need a more innovative offensive coordinator, a modern era, especially the number two pick now or number three pick. They're going to be drafting a new quarterback. So. Well, we don't know that because the, t- the two quarterbacks could go off the board one and two. Well, yeah, okay, but most likely the Patriots are going to end up. I mean, Washington's definitely drafting a quarterback, right? And so is the Chicago Bears. It looks like so. You're talking about Williams going one, and probably Drake May going two. Okay, so let's even say that. Am happens. I wrong? Let's say that even happens though. The Patriots are not going to keep Mac Jones just because of that. They might I would trade. draft Marvin Harrison Jr. Fine, number but three. E- even so, then you were looking for the trade market for one of the other quarterbacks that could be available. Maybe Justin Fields gets traded to the Patriots or something like that. The Patriots are never one to go after those star wide receivers early. So, and by the way, they're terrible at drafting wide receivers. But that might change if Bill Belichick's not there. Bill Belichick, if they bring in a new GM that might have a strength of wide receivers. They might go that direction and say, "All right, maybe we're going to go draft a wide receiver." 
receiver or draft a quarterback to help these other wide receivers out. So it's just something that they, they need to, a quarterback. They have to commit to one method. If Robert Kraft's going to go back to the quote unquote Patriot way, keep Bill Belichick one more year. You all right? You want to bring in Josh McDaniels? Oh, fine, whatever. But don't expect it to work. The I same think way. you bring Vrabel in there and you bring Russell Wilson. Okay, that's what I think. I, I think Russ can run his offense. Uh, Vrabel likes to run. And, and by the way, he brings Derrick Henry there too. So if you if you have Derrick Henry and Russell Wilson, you have a a pretty good prolific offense. And then you could start building, right? You bring Marvin Harrison Jr. there. I mean, you're set, man. Right there, you got your speed wide receiver on the outside. You have a running back that'll run through you, and you have Russell Wilson doing what Russ does. So hopefully, hanging out with Ciara, but uh, maybe puts up the number. I, by the way, Ciara looks good, man. She looks good. You like that? You like the butt shaking? No, I don't care. You don't like the butt I shaking? I don't care. Have you ever seen Tiara? I don't care. She yeah, I know what she good. looks like. Do you like what what she looks like? She, yeah, okay. She looks I don't good, really right? care Sexy? About... Yeah, fine. Sexy, beautiful? I don't, yeah, I don't care about watching her butt shake. Oh, <laughs> what are you talking about? The butt cheeks? Okay. The butt cheeks. I'm sorry. I said the bus cheeks, but hey, it, maybe the bust is... The bus is uh, planning to uh, build the cheeks, right? Or Asteroid Bettis. I don't know. Well, I, well, hold on one second. Don't attack the bus in that way. I mean, he is. You brought it up. I didn't say Jerome Bettis. I said a bus. You said a bus, bus cheek, you know? You said the bus. Okay, the bus cheeks, okay? Okay, fine. You like that? No, not really. But... Well, no, busty cheeks. Anyways, uh, <laughs> the New York Daily News reports that the Giants and defensive coordinator Wink Martindale resigned from the team. There was reports of ongoing tension between Wink and head coach Brian Dable lasting allegedly over the last two months of the season. Dable said he was surprised as he was expecting Martindale to come back. The Giants defense was tied uh, for the NFL lead in turnovers with the Bills, but were 29th in sacks, 27th in yards per game, and 26th in points per game. Wink is expected to get some head coaching interviews, but is more than likely to become a defensive coordinator elsewhere. Hmm, interesting. Reports say that the Cowboys and Raiders could consider bringing him in as the defensive coordinator if Dan Quinn becomes the head coach of the Raiders or, hey, could be the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Or Washington. We don't know what saying. happened. We don't know what's going on with Pete Carroll, but we did hear Pete Carroll is retiring. We haven't heard anything yet. It hasn't come out yet, which I'm surprised. So maybe Pete thinks another season could be coming, but I don't know. Wink interviewed for the head coaching position for the Colts and the Cardinals last season, and before he decided to go back to the New York Giants. I was surprised that Wink Martindale did not or has not spoke to the press yet. He has not said anything about why he decided, because I, I do remember, I think it was Friday morning, or one of, I think it was Friday morning. Was it, was it, mon- no, it was Monday morning. It was Monday morning, it was yesterday, where Dable came out, and they spoke to Dable, and Dable came out early in the morning, and he said that he believes Wink Martindale will be back, that practically the whole coaching staff will be back, except maybe a few coaches, the offensive line coach, or maybe two other coaches. But uh, I don't know what happened in such a short time, but Wink, within hours, decided to resign for the position. He shocked everybody. He shocked a lot of Giant fans on social media. I wasn't shocked. I wasn't. Because I think Wink Martindale really sincerely did not like Brian Dable. And Brian Dable, you know, he's intense, 
and it was the offensive-defensive thing. Last year, the offense had put up numbers because Saquon Barkley was healthy, and they were explosive for some reason because Daniel Jones stayed healthy, and they, they added nobody at the wide receiver position in the offseason. I want to hear about, what's his name again, the kid, Hyatt. Uh, we don't know what Hyatt is going to be, and uh, half these Wide receivers that the Giants have drafted. Uh, Robinson, he can't stay healthy. Uh, they bring in, they bring back Sterling Shepard from an eight-torn ACL. He stinks. There's nothing there. Slayton, Darius Slayton was their leading wide receiver at 700 and some yards. Your best wide receiver at 700 yards? There's a problem there. And the defense probably thought they were doing everything, a.k.a. the New York Jets. They weren't as good as the Jets, that's for sure. But nevertheless... Wink Martindale was a big part of why this defense was half def- decent. But now you're going into the offseason. You have no defensive coordinator. You still need to fix up this defense. But you don't know what kind of defense you're going to run, a 3-4, 4-3 next year. Mm-hmm. You don't know where you're going with that. Uh, Thibodeau had a good year with 13 sacks. But if you look at probably half of his sacks were against teams that the offensive line was just putrid. So we don't even know what – Kevon Thibodeau is, and now you're you're going into the offseason and wonder are they are they going to clean up their offensive line? Are they going to draft a quarterback? Are they drafting a wide receiver? What the hell are they going to do in the draft? And is Joe Shane the guy to take this team to the promised land? Yeah, and this defense is kind of drafted and built for that kind of scheme too, because you look at. Ojalari was a 3-4 guy at Georgia and was drafted in the first round pick as strived when he's been healthy in a 3-4 defense. Same kind of thing with Micah McFadden, who I've liked this year. Actually better in coverage than expected when he was at Indiana. It was all 3-4 defenses. Now, Obviously, the secondary players is a little different because corners and safeties are supposed to learn like every other type of defense, too. But you don't really have as much player types for that. But still, in this front seven that was already having trouble generating pressure as it is, even in a blitz-happy scheme, it's going to be hard to be able to do that when you have to go to the other extreme of a offensive or defensive corner that doesn't blitz as much. And you saw the Giants do that with James Betcher. He went from a blitz-happy scheme, then Patrick Graham, they come in in 2020, did well, but wasn't as blitz-happy. Can that kind of thing happen right away now that Wink is gone? I do believe Wink will end up going somewhere else. There's a lot of teams that will be interested in him. Maybe he does He's go going back to Baltimore. He definitely could do that. He could also... Maybe he's going back to Baltimore because the Baltimore defensive coordinator is going to get a job in the offseason. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, definitely right. getting a job. Yeah, that's true. That's definitely very possible. But... There's going to be enough of a teams that go after that kind of thing just based on the pattern. Of- the only reason why he left Baltimore was the fact that they had somebody right behind him getting the, going to get the job. And him and Dable actually had some kind of relationship over the years. And now they don't have a relationship, which is crazy how after two years and one year of success, hey, they part ways. It only tells me one thing. Wink Martindale and Brian Dable are two very stern and very – I guess, energetic people in the yeah. locker room, uh-huh. and they just can't coexist in the same locker room. Yeah, and we also see this pattern, too. Ever since this trend of hiring these younger offensive coaches has happened, we've seen a lot of those same teams hire veteran defensive coordinators that have done well in other places. You saw the Rams do that with mm-hmm. Wade Phillips. You saw the Bears do that with Vic Fangio. And once they were gone, they kind of established those defenses in place for a while. Then the Bears purged everything, so now they're not as good. But even so, the Rams still won a Super Bowl after Wade Phillips left because they set that identity. 
who is that guy going to be for the Giants? And will the Giants have enough talent on defense to be able to overcompensate for that? Now, middle of the field defense was good this year in comparison to previous years, which has been horrible, but they need edge rushing help and they need corner help badly. Uh, you mentioned the Chicago Bears. I think they're set up very good. Oh, yeah. Very good. And I don't, I don't think they should get rid of Justin Fields, but I think this will be a big mistake for the organization because now you're giving up a draft pick where you could trade down or you can move out of and, get, and really rebuild there. If you bring in Caleb Williams, which I think Caleb Williams is, Williams is going to be a sensational quarterback in this league. I think he has all the technical ends of, of what you're looking for in the quarterback. A good arm, an athletic guy that can move inside and out of the pocket. He can run an offense. He's got a good personality. And he thinks he's the greatest since sliced bread. So that's great. Uh, I mean, hopefully we can eat him. I'm just kidding. I don't want to eat Caleb Williams. <laughs> maybe he'll have his own bread in the long run or his own cheese and maybe his own bologna. I, I wouldn't mind to try his bologna. Speedy, you like bologna? I don't. Uh, how about sausage? His own sausage? You like the dark sausage? Yeah, yeah. I do. All right, so maybe he has his own dark, spicy sausage, the Caleb Williams sausage. Would you have that? Would you try that? I don't know. I mean, it's, it could be spicy. Maybe. All right, there you go. So we, we know that the sausage will be good for him. Anyways, I, I think Caleb Williams is going to be a sensational quarterback in this league. There's no question that he is. And I do believe Drake May is another guy that a lot of people are speaking about. Now, Drake May played for North Carolina. Everybody knows what I think about North Carolina, even though I'm a Duke fan. I'm not a big <laughs> North Carolina fan. And, and most of those quarterbacks that come into the NFL never are successful. So I'm not going to bet on Drake May. Okay, I'm not, but he is the second guy off the board uh, because he has the best NFL, I guess, technique coming out of the draft. So a lot of questions in this year's draft. Now, as far as the Giants are concerned, do the Giants decide after this season to move move away from Daniel Jones? And that's something that a lot of Giant fans are ready to do, which I don't understand why. You have given nothing to this kid. Nothing. I don't want to hear about Darren Waller. Yeah, how long was he on the field? Five games? And the guy was out for the season. Just like the Raiders, never could stay healthy. I'm not going to bet. By the way, Darren Waller saying that he wants to come back is a joke. Why would you want Darren Waller back? And for... I'm not going to mention a name that I called WFAN, and, and he, he spoke about, oh, so high praise of Darren Waller. Where was Darren Waller this year? Absolutely nowhere, because... He was decent when he did play. No, he was pretty consistent. He wasn't. He wasn't like a star, but he was consistent. It doesn't matter. I don't. I, if I was a Giant fan, I don't want him back. So even if he takes a pay cut, would you pay him eight million? No, he's not going to. He's going to have to opt into the last year of the deal. Yeah, if he wants I, to come back. That's not going. I to feel happen. like he'll do want to do, but uh, you're right. It doesn't make sense for the Giants. If he opts in, the Giants will just probably just let him go. I mean, I I, I don't bring him back. The guy can't stay healthy, but they need a wide receiver. They need to give him a weapon, a real weapon, not the Hyatt kid, okay? Get him a real number one. Get neighbors. Get a Dunze. Get somebody. Get somebody over there at number six. And you can really solidify that wide receiver position. Now, you could bring in guys in, in free agency. Do you think any of those four top guys want to go to play for the Giants? Not unless they pay him more than the market value. <laughs> None of them are going to go there. They'll go to the Jets because of Aaron Rodgers. That's what's going to happen. They're going to go to teams where they believe they have a chance to win. That's the whole point here. If they're going to take less or go somewhere where they believe that they can win multiple championships or maybe even just one big championship in the next two seasons. So. Right. 
Go ahead. And I was going to say, especially since we don't know what the defense is going to look like, the offense is going to have to even overcompensate even more because Brian Dable, it's kind of his fault, obviously, the tension with him. Dable, and, if, <laughs> and by the way, just so everybody knows, if Dable doesn't get this team in the playoffs next year, he's gone. Sure. They're going to fire him. Definitely possible. Mike Kafka is the other one that's very risky as it Could was. Could you imagine that? This guy won coach of the year last year. Everybody was talking about him, about being the next thing since sliced bread. He's the quarterback. I'm one of them. Thinks that he's the quarterback whisperer. And then he's there for two years. They fail. And then they go into next season with a new coach. And probably Joe Shane gets fired too because – I don't care what anybody says, and I don't want to hear it. Anthony Angerosi, I love you, bro. And, and you were speaking about the Giants, and you think Joe Shane has drafted very good. Who? Who has he drafted? What has he drafted that really stands out? And don't give me Robinson, because the guy can't stay home. No, Robinson is a gadget player. Like they, They're not going to trust him to be a second-round value as a number-two option wide receiver. He's a gadget player. He played well at certain games at the end of the season, but you can't build on that. You probably need two receivers at this point. Go along with Hyatt and, and Wandell, and that's it. Like Cut everyone else who was on the team this year, for the love of God. Like Darius Slayton, he is what he is. He's a random like 125-yard game, and then he'll disappear for a month type of wide receiver. Speedy favorite. Sterling Shepard is old, and he's a slot type. You could find He those, disappears. He could... He could you can find those pretty easily. And this offense is going to need a lot more on the offensive line and the wide receivers in quantity, too. And they're going to have to spend that money very wisely if they let go of Darren Waller, which seems like they're going to. Saquon Barkley will see because he doesn't want to play for another franchise tag. You better make up for that in quantity because you're not going to get as much on defense this year the way you were with all these turnovers. There were two coaches officially fired on Black Monday with the Commanders firing Ron Rivera and Falcons firing Arthur Smith. Antonio Pierce has not been given the official title yet of the Raiders, but Adam Scheffner reports that he is expected to remain as a head coach for the Raiders. I don't believe that. The Raiders will most likely go back to Pierce unless they are wowed by Jim Harbaugh, which they probably will be. The Falcons fired Smith after an outburst after the last game of the season versus the Saints, screaming at head coach Dennis Allen for running up the score, which, by the way, he had every right to be upset about because he definitely did. And Dennis Allen looked like he was about to crap his pants. He looked like his pants were filled. I mean, after Arthur, could you imagine Arthur Smith? And I don't know if anybody knows Dennis Allen. He is a small guy. Okay, he is a small guy. When Arthur Smith went up to him, he looked like he, he took a dump in his pants. It looked like it was hanging. And I, usually you see Dennis Allen run out. You know, kind of like, not like Mike McDaniels. I mean, that guy. No. He jets. I mean, that guy's faster than half his wide receivers. I mean, he can't stand on a stool, but hey, you know, well, he has to stand on a stool. But nevertheless, uh, I, I was very surprised that Dennis Allen did that. He's, he's a very classy guy, and you wouldn't expect that. But uh, owner Arthur Blank was also disappointed in Smith Smith's usage of Kyle Pitts and B. John Robinson. Not surprised. The Falcons are very interested in Bill Belichick and Eric Bieniemy. I think it's going to be a Bieniemy going yes, there. Rivera was fired after a 4-13 and season and a 26-40-1 record in four seasons in Washington. The Commanders have expressed, and by the way, um, the Commanders have expressed interest in big names such as Jim Harbaugh, and Bill Belichick, not surprised. They are also interested in Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson, Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, and both Ravens coordinators and Todd Mulkin and Mike McDonald. I think Eric Bieniemy is the perfect coach right now for the Falcons. I think he'll get the most out of Kyle Pitts. I don't know what has gone on with this Falcons team over the last couple. You draft Kyle Pitts, and this guy is open 
a lot. And he's big. He can run routes. He's strong. How are you not using this guy as a weapon? He's not even blocking. He's, he's he probably had just as many snaps as their backup tight end did this year. Oh yeah, Jonathan Smith had like seven touchdowns. I think. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. How do you just give up on a guy that's twenty four years old and has a tremendous talent about him? He's got the size, the athletic ability, he can jump. He could do everything. His first season, he was unbelievable. And then you decide, hey, I'm not throwing him the ball. I'm not giving him the ball. He's, ah, he's Kyle Pitts. His, you know, his Pitts probably smell. I don't know. He's got hairy Pitts. I don't like him. And Bijan Robinson, what was he doing in the final couple of games of the season? I mean, play the kid. What are you doing? This guy is in the first five, six games of the season. This guy was the best running back in football. And then all of a sudden, you know what? We don't need him. <laughs> we don't need him. Plus we, got, serious we got game. Desmond Ritter. That's what we got. We got Des. Desi Ritter. <laughs> Cincinnati. There's also that great mysterious illness game, which, by the way, the, Fal- the Falcons and Arthur Smith both get fined for, too. <laughs> Listen, I think Arthur Smith is another guy that's a coordinator. He's a good offensive coordinator. He's just not a good coach. Mm-hmm. He's just not. And he'll go somewhere, and he will build a good offense. I, I believe Arthur Smith is a good offensive mind. We've seen these guys. They just can never coach a full team. And that's a huge problem because there's not many coaches that could do that right now. Sean right. Payton, Bill Belichick. Um, Mike LaFleur has been very impressive this year. Matt LaFleur has been very impressive this year. I have to give him a lot of credit what he's done with Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jordan Love and that defense that's been up and down, up and down all season. I got to get back. Their coordinator stinks, but yeah. Sean Mike, McVay. Uh, yes, of course. Sean McVay is a good coach. I think I think we have to say a lot about Mr. Campbell. I, I think mm-hmm. Campbell has been he's been efficient and he's been a good coach. He's found these offense his his offense and defensive coordinator are going to probably not this year. Ben Johnson could have a job. He probably will. He wants fifteen million. A he's year. not going to get that. But he you want to pay job. him fifteen million? He's just he'll I want fifteen million. But, What's yeah. next? He wants to own the team too. Oh, perfect. Seriously, Caleb Williams and Ben Johnson—a match made in heaven. Maybe you need to spank his ass, Speedy. No, I don't. He can give you some of that million. I don't care. I mean, he'll give you half a million. I don't care. I have five hundred thousand a year. You wouldn't spank. I'm him not ass? getting exposed I, publicly for money. Five hundred thousand dollars—it wouldn't be so bad, yeah, would it? Yeah, really. Yeah, you just bend over. You're the shameless one. You do it. Oh well, if he gives me five hundred thousand, yeah, you I go might do have it. to bend over. All right, you go do. You it. Might have to smack my ass. Go ahead. I mean, every year I just bend over. I say, listen, you can smack my ass. You can't touch me anywhere else. <laughs> you don't like that, Speedy? I don't care. You, what you do it if you want. Five hundred grand. You, you can do, do it? it if you want. Uh, you know, what, what is it going to take you to do it? A million? I'm not getting involved in that publicly. Oh well. I mean, it's money, man. I don't care about money that much to do that publicly. Well, it would be free for you. Anyways, uh, Bill Belichick could stay with the Patriots. I think he goes elsewhere. I think there's a good chance he goes to the Chargers. I still believe that the Chargers are the number one team for Bill Belichick. Now, Jim Harbaugh is a name. He is definitely taking it. I'm just letting everybody know Jim Harbaugh's taking a job. One way or another, he's getting a job in the NFL. He is not going back to Michigan. He'd be stupid to go back to Michigan. Yeah, Michigan's going to have to wow him with like a record-setting contract. And, and to me, he did get a contract by Michigan a couple of he years ago. He did. Still I, under contract. I, yeah, but I, I think at this point, now that he's won a national championship, he's going he to have to get the largest. To yeah, I know. He's going to he's gonna have to get the largest contract for any coach. He's leaving Michigan. He wants to no, go I back. No, I do think so, too. He won a national championship. He wants to win a Super Bowl. He's been in a Super Bowl, but he wants to win a Super Bowl. And I right. think that's where he's looking now. And his brother has been sensational. He could win another 
championship this year with Lamar Jackson and that Baltimore Raven team. And, and, and of course, him coming to the NFL makes a lot of noise. He's a big name. He's a big-name coach that uh, has been successful when he took over for a team. Look what he did with, for the 49ers. He changed the 49ers organization for years before he decided. And he found a quarterback and uh, decided to kneel to the National Anthem. But nevertheless, and by the way, shout-out to Alex Smith. I, I love that Alex Smith is going to be a part of the uh, – the weekend, the wild card weekend for ESPN. I love that. I, I, I love Alex Smith. I think he's a great guy. It's a shame what happened to him coming back the way he did. I, I don't know if anybody's seen his leg. It's yeah. I, that guy is lucky that he has his leg. Right. It was, it could have been amputated. Yeah. I, I, it, it, it's horrible, but that guy, if there's somebody that you want to look up to for a guy that's gone ups and downs in his career and just went out there and played the game, it's Alex Smith. Remember, he's always been compared to Aaron Rodgers right. because he was the number one pick, and Aaron Rodgers fell to the 20s. Green Bay drafted him in the 20s. Aaron Rodgers is arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game, and he's always going to be connected to Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers wanted to be a San Francisco 49er. He grew up a 49ers fan. So um, I, I think all the things that he has gone through and the trials and tribulations only tells you the type of player that he was and the type of man he has become. So I am so happy for Alex Smith, and I, I want to see him more, and hopefully he becomes a good analyst, yeah. maybe becomes a color guy uh, for Fox or ESPN or somebody else. So I, I love him. I yeah. Like him. And you look at the, we talked about the Falcons and the Chargers comparisons earlier. Like, I think the two teams are very similar in terms of the types of coaches they've hired in the past. And they've had similar problems. Both of them have choked late in games. Both of them have had issues in the playoffs at certain points. Obviously, Atlanta went to a Super Bowl. The Chargers didn't. But nevertheless, they're in very similar spots where we're waiting for that ownership to make the move of hiring that big-name head coach. And I think the Falcons, who could have hired enemy at the time in 2021, now realize that that kind of thing is now possible again with him leaving Washington mostly likely. And Washington, with new ownership now, too, you have to expect them to go after a big name. Dennis Allen would have probably been fired. Dennis yeah. Allen, I think, should have been fired. He now- should have been fired. I mean, but, uh, I mean, uh, he, him winning that final game, it, uh, it just... Gave the Saints another year with Dennis Allen. I don't know if you want Dennis Allen if you're a Saints fan. No, you should Because he, they have not been good since Sean Payton and, and Drew Brees. Right. They have not been that team. Now, he's a defensive mind. He's a good defensive coordinator. We've seen what he did with that defense when he was just worried about the defense and not worrying about the offense and Sean right. Payton. I just don't know if he's a head coach in his league. And like I said, there might be – a hand and a half right now that are, I would say are good coaches in the league. It's crazy. John Harbaugh, uh, he was a special teams guy. He really turned out to be a great coach. He really has. And uh, Mike Tomlin, another great coach, uh, a leader of men. And I like that about Mike Tomlin. And I'll tell you this right now. Mike Tomlin will probably be back one more year. Next year, he probably becomes available. Now, they said he could step down from the Pittsburgh Steelers after the season. If he does, he'll wait a year, and then he'll be looking at other jobs, efficient jobs. That And remember, this guy has had a winning season every single year he's been there with Pittsburgh. That's crazy. You're talking about 15 years of winning seasons. How many coaches have done that? I mean, seriously, Bill Belichick, I, I think, he did it 20 years in a row. Not many guys have done it. I, I'm Andy Reid, maybe. No, Andy Reid, last year he was 4-12 and or something like that before he got fired by the Eagles. Okay, so Andy Reid, how long has he been with the... Kansas City since 2013. So, yeah, I guess, yeah, every year years. every year he's coached with the Chiefs. Okay, yeah, yeah. you're right. So I think years. the only year they missed the playoffs, they were 9-7. and seven, so. I mean, there, there are a couple of really good coaches that have really gone on these runs, but it is amazing. 
It really is. So you have to give him a lot of credit. I, I just think there's there's very few coaches. I think Eric Bieniemy is going to be a really good coach in this mm-hmm. league. I really do. I, you saw what he did with Sam Howell this year. You could see what the Kansas City Chiefs offense really is, how depleted it is without him. And I, I'm so sick and tired of how does Nagy get a job? <laughs> how does he get a job for as long as he did in Chicago? And Eric Bieniemy still, after what, four or five years, never got a job? It yeah. doesn't make any sense. I don't care where, how he interviews. I just expect a guy to go out there and give it all. Look at Antonio Pierce. Antonio Pierce, he knows defense. He doesn't know any, but he knows how to lead men. And that's why I think Antonio Pierce is going to keep the job. Yeah, as he should, because this this is the culture stabilizer that the Raiders need, too. And the Falcons need that kind of thing, too, now what you saw with Arthur Smith. I agree with you on Arthur Smith the first year. I actually thought he did a really good job the first year. He's a great offensive mind. I think the the years, the two years after that, he started to get too stubborn. Kind of like what I was talking about with the Jets and, and their coordinators for a while, too. Mike LaFleur was too stubborn. Robert Sala this year on the defensive side was too stubborn. I think Arthur Smith started to get too stubborn. Where he I think wasn't... we needed to kick Robert Sala in the ass. And I think the sidelines and wake fan. him up. I don't know what he's doing. I would throw a podium. If I'm going to sit there and listen to my players buck wild and say things off off the field, I'm taking a TV, ripping it off. The, I'm throwing everything at them. I, I would have been Al Pacino from uh, you know any given Sunday, flipping things, dancing around, telling them things, and throwing my shirt around, pulling my shirt off, showing my you know, giving titty sweat twisters. How about you, Speedy? You I'm not like, doing that. But uh, you be my assistant coach. You I'm not. Give, you could give everybody like a titty that. twister. I'm not getting involved. in the locker room. I mean, I'm Buck not would getting like involved that. in anything like that. I mean, titty but. twisting. Uh, not happening. But when you look at the, when you look be at, fun. When you look at the Falcons' offense, I think it would be fun for you. Two, no one. Two athletically graded, gifted prospects with Robinson and Pitts. We were talking about it with Jeff before. Like Robinson was the highest graded running back we've seen. Any running back prospect, it's, I think it's Ladanian Tomlinson. And then Kyle Pitts was the highest one for a tight end. So you have two, uh, two guys that you need to be used to their highest advantages. Arthur Smith wants to put him in the doghouse because he fumbled once is so stupid for Robinson's part. And Pitts, like you were saying, like he, after the first year where he had nearly 1,000 yards, he didn't have a, a touchdown besides the Jets game, but he had ne- nearly 1,000 yards with no quarterback is a bad thing. And then obviously what he did at the end of the game doesn't really help his cause You either. are Arthur Smith's secret weapon next year. Wherever he goes as an offensive corner, speedy. Petey is the secret weapon. 150 pounds of skin and bones. We will call him the running cornerback. How do you like that? I would not last. But okay. I think Buck would be uh, very interested to see Speedy I would, on a football I would trust field. Buck more on a football field than I, me. Listen, I think you would be pretty good because nobody would expect you to get the ball. They'd be like, I'm not, I'm not. what was that movie uh, with... Uh, what is that movie called with... Uh, damn it! It was an 80s movie. Lucas. Who was that? Who played that? Remember Lucas? I didn't see that. At the end of the movie? I didn't see that movie. Oh, my God. That was good I movie. know the name. I've, I've never seen it, though. Uh, damn it. I can't forget. I can't believe I've got his name. I cannot believe it was Lucas. But um, Corey Haim. Oh, Corey. Okay. Corey Haim. That's right. Corey it was Corey Haim. And he was Lucas. Okay. That's right. And, and you, my friend, you are Lucas. You are Arthur Smith's Lucas. How about that? I mean, I don't know if you fit in a jersey. I don't know if you fit in the football uniforms. But, uh, hey, you disappear. You would completely disintegrate on a football field. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we will be talking to Cincinnati Reds relief pitcher Buck Former here on the Sports Loudmouth. You're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.
This is the Sports Loudmouth. The storms are hitting out east. New York is about to be slammed with no snow, all rain, four inches of crud. Speedy, you better put on your bathing suit. It is cold, baby. Cold. We're ready to skate. Anyways, you're listening to the Sports Loudmouth. I'm your host, Daryl Marks. My co-host, the Speedster. Speedy Petey, 631-672-3108 is the number to call. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including the Loudmouth with me and Speedy Petey. Check out all our local listings. All you have to do is go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. I want to apologize for all the fans. I am trying to make everybody laugh and enjoy the entertainment of the show. I mean, if you want to see Speedy get smacked around, we could do that at the end of the show. But my nose is just clogged. My 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 I can't breathe, Speedy. I am speaking from my mouth and speaking from my mouth. I am amazing, Speedy. I am amazing. I should be crowned as champion. Are you? Do you have a crown for me? No. Do you have anything for me? No. What do you have for me? What are you going to give me that I deserve? I do not want one of your sausages. That's He's not, not something. giving you any sausage. I don't want any spicy sausages. I don't think Buck wants a spicy sausage from you either. Anyways, we are now talking to Red's relief pitcher. Oh, our first time on our show, Buck Farmer. Buck, what's up, bud? How we doing? You're looking good, man. I like the beard, the mustache, clean cut. You're ready to go. Wearing a nice T-shirt. He's ready. Hopefully, you know, I'm, we're not taking up too much time. I know you're. You probably have a girl. You have kids, right? Am I right? Yeah, yeah. I got a got a wife, two kids. They're already asleep, so I'm all set. Well, well where are you? I mean, are, are they going to bed at six o'clock at night? What, what's going on over there? Uh, it's eight thirty-five here, but I mean, hey, we uh, the kids run us for our money, so it's like. Anytime I can get some Z's in, I'm, I'm, I'm after it. Man, I have sleep apnea. I don't sleep, man. Buck, <laughs> I, I need some help here, man. If you know any doctors that can help me. <clears throat> By the way, I've been to like five doctors. I've had these sleep tests. I wake up 164 times every night. Could you imagine that? Waking up 164. I mean, I'm probably better off sitting on a toilet all night long and wiping my ass, okay? <laughs> I have a better opportunity to take a dump and enjoy that than falling asleep and enjoying that. So I'm a zombie, so I want to apologize to you. I don't know how I have so much energy, and I'm going to slow down right now. I'm going to slow, okay? Listen, the Cincinnati (laughs) Reds. I love the energy. I'm going to give you all the energy in the world, man. Just be careful. I don't want to give you too much energy where you think that you can run faster than a train. I, I mean, faster than a locomotive. More powerful than... What, Speedy? Skating 70 miles an hour. Oh, well, shut up, Speedy. You're, you're an idiot. You know what? I keep getting picked on from that. Uh, from all over the social media world, because I said hockey players could skate about 70 miles per hour. You don't want to kiss my ass. Anyways, uh, let, let's get into it, Buck, because uh, Cincinnati had a really good season. You have a bunch of good young players. What were your thoughts this season? I mean, you had a pretty good season, too, man. Your numbers were pretty pretty good. I, I'm looking at them right now. I Your three saves, 4.20 ERA, 70. 70 Ks, and uh, you whip 1.16. That's pretty good. And uh, your team is up and coming. I love the Cincinnati and the Cincinnati uh, Reds right now. And uh, hopefully we get back to those championship teams in the 70s where uh, they were unstoppable. No Pete Rose, but no problem. I think we're well on our way there. Uh, got a lot of they added a lot of talent this offseason, too. And uh, yeah, man, the uh, the young core this uh, the the Reds have are just is, they're they're great. They're great. A lot of energy, a lot of energy, and uh, just uh, they know how to play some ball. 
So one of the older guys on that team, Joey Mata, we know he's quite a personality. He's going to the broadcast booth. He's saying that uh, yeah. aliens exist. Like, uh, love what, him. What, what are your what is your connection with him as a teammate? And do you have any good Joey Mata stories? Uh, Joe Joey's awesome, man. He's a uh, he, you're. Um, it's an understatement to say that he's a he's a character. Uh, he he's got a different personality, man. He's a. Uh, He's just a good dude, though. He's a great teammate. Anytime you can, uh, anytime you want to get help, um, or you know, he he was there. So uh, I really don't have very many Joey Votto stories, but um, and it's uh, I I will say there there was one time um, Joey actually had to go on field to get a uh, to receive an award of some sort. I think it was a, a Roberto Clemente award, yeah. actually. And when he rolled up to the yard that day, he had actually only wore like gym shorts and like a t-shirt and he was going on the field to accept this award. So he, uh, somehow or another conjured up, he got, he had, uh, somebody grab a Pittsburgh pirates Jersey from somewhere. And then he came up to me and asked me if he could wear my blue jeans. (laughs) And I was just like, yeah, sure. Like, you know, that's fine. I you know, I don't care. Man, after the game, he was like, hey, I wore your blue jeans. I had him wash them. And I was like, all right, well, like, what, you know, what, what do we, what, what'd you have him wash them? I mean, what you doing? Them? He was like, oh, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't wear any underwear to the yard today either. Mm, don't wear and my underwear. Just, and I was just like, oh, so you, so you just free balled in my, in my jeans and I wore to the yard <laughs> and he was like, yeah, you know, I apologize. And, um, but you know, he, he shot me like uh, a gift card to Nordstrom to go get a new pair of jeans too. So it was, it, it was pretty funny. First of all, he should have threw you more than that. I mean, this guy's worth millions and millions of dollars. Look at the contracts that this guy got. I mean, this guy was one of the best hitters in baseball at one point, one of the better first basemen, defensive first basemen in baseball. And, and this guy's a borderline Hall of Famer. If you look at his numbers, I mean, they're Hall of Fame-esque. And that's something that says a lot about his his personality and his leadership in Cincinnati. For a guy that's lo- lo- lost his whole career, I mean, Cincinnati has never won. And and to to stay there and and be the leader of this team and, and a bunch of youngsters that says a lot about who he is as as a player. But uh, anyways, everybody, uh, we are talking to Cincinnati Reds relief pitcher Buck Farmer. Buck, I, I, tell us a little bit about your manager and David Bell. He he's a guy that's very interesting, very unique individual. I remember when he played baseball, uh, he was a Decent baseball player, but everybody said uh, what type of mind he is when it comes to being a manager uh, in the dugout. Tell us a little bit about your coach, your manager, David Bell. DB is um, he's one, he's an incredible dude, but when it comes to baseball, man, he is um, he, he he's he's different. Like he, the way his mind ticks, the way he breaks down. Um, every pitch, every, every movement of the game is, is, is unlike any other that I've kind of actually ever been around, honestly. Um, and you know, it works. Um, I, I think it pays off tenfold. It paid off last year. Um, and you know, I think it's going to continue to progress and, um, man, I, I, I can't say enough about DB except for, uh, I love when he gets ejected. <laughs> I mean, he is, he is world-class when it comes to getting ejected. So that's, a uh, that's also a, a fun, uh, 
fun fiery side for uh, for us in the dugout. <laughs> he learned from his friend Charlie Manuel when he was playing with the Phillies. <laughs> he got ejected a lot too. That's, that's right. So, yeah, man. He's I, DB's ejections. He David David's ejections are kind of world class. So. Uh, he doesn't get fired up much, but when he does, he's going to come after you. <laughs> so I want to ask about uh, two guys, two youngsters that got a lot of hype this year, Hunter Green on the pitching end and also Ellie De La Cruz on the, on the hitting end for two guys that had a lot of hype. What was it like from the local media perspective and also from the fan perspective in Cincinnati? The hype around both of those guys is, uh, is immense. And the local media, too, I think with, with Hunter, especially after he got his contract extension, um, I, I think the local media as well as just the uh, – the fan base reacted uh, very positively, which was, which was awesome. He's fun to watch when he's on, um, you know, he's one of the best in baseball, I think. And um, it's just continuing year after year to get better. Um, it's going to be his, uh, his thing um, just like anybody else. But um, when, when it comes to Ellie, uh, I've been around the game a little bit, um, kind of a, kind of an old soul when it comes to that clubhouse now, especially, uh, how young it is, but yeah, um, you're old, all right. Let me tell you, <laughs> you're definitely not uh, old, man. You're you're a baby, man. You're a baby. Thirty-two hey, I'm, years I'm old. I'm trying to keep that perspective. I mean, you're old. Kid, you're kid. old in your own way. I mean, compared yeah. to some of those youngsters, but thirty-two, you're not old. You're six yeah. foot four. You're built like an ox. I mean, I'm sure your wife could say the same about you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure half the players on your team could say the same too about what you could do on a pitching mound. There's not many. Hey, listen, there's not many spots in the major leagues to play, and you're you're up in the big leagues, and you're there consistently. And with a 4.20 ERA and a 70 70 K, says a lot about who you are and what you could be as you as you grow yeah. into that relief pitching, uh, you know, relief pitcher. And by the way, uh, it says a lot about your pitching and your throwing too. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, man, Ellie, like he, he's going to be different. I think, um, in, in the sense of once he, um, I think once he kind of comes into his own and figures it out and, and just gets his feet under him. Cause I, you know, last year, just with all the hype around him and everything and, and, um, him coming up and doing what he did in the first, you know, let's say month that he was up, um, you know, I, I think the pressure might have got to him just a tick. Um, but again, I've I've been around the been around for a little while now, and um, just watching him play and the tools he has, man, he's going to be different, I think, and and in a great way. Um, so I'd, I'd definitely keep an eye on him. As everybody knows, we are talking to Cincinnati Reds relief pitcher Buck Farmer. There's a lot of disarray going on in your division in the National League Central. I mean, Milwaukee. <laughs> Craig Council gets the highest managing contract in Major League history. I'm not going to take shots at Craig, and we've interviewed a couple of guys that work for Milwaukee, so we're not going to throw him under the bus. But boy, oh boy, what a smack in the face to stay in a division and go to your arch nemesis, the Chicago Cubs. That doesn't make any sense. So Milwaukee's starting to break down. They're starting to trade away pieces. And that says a lot about, I mean, Corbin, you know, Corbin Burns could be out there, out of there probably in the next couple of weeks before the season even mm -hmm. starts. So Milwaukee's rebuilding now. So 
You look at Cincinnati, your team, you look at the Cubs, everybody says, oh, this is the Cubs division. We all know what St. Louis could do, even though they sucked this year. Oh, my God, they were horrible. And now they're bringing Molina over there. Congratulations to him for getting a coaching job every 35-year-old pitcher imaginable. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, you might be the youngest guy on the Cardinals who went over there. (laughs) They would call you puppy. They'll call you a big big puppy. You'd be like, uh, I mean, Adam Wainwright, how old is he, 50? I mean, seriously. <laughs> Tony LaRusso, baby. Oh, man. Anyways, but your division's so open. Could Cincinnati be the team to beat in the National League Central this coming year? Yes. Um, I, I'm going to say that, and I, I'm going to say that confidently. Um, if we are, you know, produced like we did last year, um, I think this year we're only going to get better. Um, so I'm going to say, yes, man, we just got to go out there and perform just like any, you know, any other year. Um, but I think just like you said, after we saw, after with, um, you know, Milwaukee kind of, um, going in a different direction, it seems like, and, and, uh, you know, the Cubs are always competitive. And again, like you said, St. Louis, um, I mean, they, they have the players, right? Like they have the tools, they have everybody there. Um, and I mean, they signed some guys this off season too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, they have everything there. Um, it's just, uh, last year just seemed like they couldn't put, you know, put two and two together almost for some reason. But, um, yeah, I think, I think this year, man, is, is our chance to kind of, um, go after and, and, and be the, uh, be the front runner in that, in that division. So you came up with the Detroit Tigers in 2014. You actually played with a, a guy that we had on the show a couple months ago, Shane Green. And uh, Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. The guy that promised me Philadelphia tickets. And then they fell apart. They blew a 3-2 <laughs> lead after blowing Is that out the Shane five. Green we're talking about yeah, right now? Yeah, he played with Shane Green. So oh, what was it like coming up with the we Tigers? Love Shane. What was your major league experience like as the first time in your, in your career? And uh, what was he like, Shane Green, as a teammate? <laughs> Uh, I'll touch on Shane first. Uh, Shane is a beauty. He is an absolute beauty. Uh, I love playing with that guy. Love sitting in the bullpen with that guy. And uh, saw him this year with the Cubs when they came to town for a day. And Shane Green, I can't say nothing about uh, you know enough about him. One as a person, and two as a teammate. Uh, he's awesome. He's a uh, you know he's another guy that's um, that's kind of got some uh, you know Joey Votto type uh, really? type thoughts type thoughts in him, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's a pretty boy. Uh, We we know what he is. Yeah. Yeah. When, uh, I'll say this, when I was with the Tigers, we, you know, if you got Shane and Nick Castellanos in the same room, your head could explode. I'll (laughs) I'll say that. I'll say that. (laughs) So, uh, but I mean, Shane's a dude, he's, he's awesome. Um, I can't say enough about him. Um, and then as you know, when I came up with Detroit, man, it was, um, man, I was quick. Uh, it was, it was really quick. Uh, I was drafted the year before. Maybe I was drafted in 13, debuted in 14, um, and you know it, it was kind of it was kind of bizarre to be honest with you a little bit, just because um, going from being in, in college ball where I had the same managers, uh, you know, and essentially the same staff like throughout the entire my entire time there, to going to being in Detroit and going through i think three or three or four man four different managers wow um i think i went through four and some maybe five different pitching coaches 
Um, actually, I think it was five different pitching coaches. Um, you know, just, it, it was just kind of bizarre. Um, and then only, you know, at that time, only being, you know, 22 years old, like, um, you know, it was just kind of, it was just kind of weird coming up, um, and, and just kind of seeing all of that, but, you know, picked up a lot of stuff along the way. I was grateful for, for my time there. And, um, yeah, man, I, you know, I enjoyed it. Uh, Detroit has, um, special place in my heart, my family's heart too, just cause, uh, you know, they're the ones that gave me, um, a shot to make a career. So, um, yeah, I mean, Detroit, I have nothing but, but love for Detroit. The only thing that sells me is Ford Motors, baby. That's the only thing that I care about in Detroit. Are they still open over there? Are they, is the building still open? I, I, I believe so. They're actually trying to bring one of the main main Ford buildings back now. Oh, actually. so like they're they're trying to redo it. Maybe you should like buy that, into so. it. I think this would be good. I, I think it would be a great investment, Speedy. Maybe me and you, me and Speedy, will jump on you know in on it. I mean, we don't have that much money. I mean, not like you do. I mean, maybe I'll throw a couple thousand. Speedy will throw a couple dollars. You know, I can sling a few windows in the new building. There you go. <laughs> I don't even know if it'll sling a couple of windows. <laughs> maybe a few locks on some doors and stuff. So. Well, Speedy doesn't know how to put those. Maybe, maybe, they, maybe you need the uh, baseball code activated uh, security systems. Yeah, yeah. I mean, something. Speedy will like you have to, to aim your curveball. Speedy the likes to. He likes to drop deuces, so maybe he can aim that, right, Speedy? I'm going to aim that at a toilet, not at a door. I have, wait, hold on one second. I'm not talking about that, deuces. I'm talking about the twos. The twos, the deuce. Never mind. It's over his head. You see what I have to deal with? See what I have to deal with, Buck? I, it goes yeah. right over his head. First he thinks I'm, t- I'm talking about taking dumps, and then I said, no, raising the twos. And he has no idea what I'm talking about. Anyways, we are talking to Cincinnati Reds relief pitcher, Buck Farmer. Uh, you look at you know, obviously the National League, and there's so many interests in the L.A. Dodgers. And and one of the main reasons why is they have found a way to reap the benefits of deferring contracts. Yes, congratulations to the Los Angeles Dodgers, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Otani, for ruining baseball. Thank you, Yamamoto, for even ruining baseball. Thank you to all those guys. Freddie Freeman, let me wave to you because you're never going to win a championship because all these guys are getting overpaid and you won't even have to pay them because they're going to wind up selling the team before they have to pay them. So there you go. I found the trick. I am the mastermind business plan of the Dodgers. What were your thoughts when Yamamoto and Otani signed over there to the great and powerful Dodgers. Oh man, I just I now I hate saying this. Um, I just I just I, go I, ahead, spit it I out, Bob. It, Tell I, the I truth. It's bad. I just think it's bad for baseball. Um, you know, you you sit here and you got one team that has all the, you know, the the chips on their side of the table. And again, it's all speaking, you know, because the market they're in, right? But in the in the grand scheme of things, it's just like, you know, somewhere along the way, you know, baseball's just got to spread spread the wealth a little bit, right? Like, um, not everybody, you know, that just takes away. And again, it, it's all the player's decision, right? And, and at the end of the day, it's like Dodgers are going to cough up one hundred ten million dollars for somebody, you know, who who. Why wouldn't you go there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but at the same time, it's um, 
it just ta- is taking all these elite players and these players that are going to bring fans to games and other markets too, no matter what market you look at. Like if Otani goes to anywhere, if he goes to Pittsburgh, if he goes to Tampa, if he goes to what you know, where Toronto, he could have went he, to Toronto. He's going to put he's he's going to put like that's just going to put fans in the stands, right? And it's going to be good for that, good for that team, good for that market, good for baseball, because then teams are people are going to start tuning in to Toronto Blue Jay games, whereas now the only games they're going to watch are the LA Dodger games, and the only you know I just think it's um. Good for them. Like, again, I'm not saying anything bad about the players. Like, the players, like, that's that's incredible for them. Um, biggest contract in baseball history, whatever. Um, but on the flip side of it, I, I think there's got to be a little bit of a um, – Control? A little bit. Of, control. Yeah, of, of, of control for – Again, and this goes. I guess this goes back to the Buckeye. I I, I, I don't. Do for... Buckeye. I know you're trying to protect yourself. I know you don't want to throw yourself under the bus. So don't worry. Yeah. I'm trying to help you. I I, I know um, you're not going to do that. <laughs> I love I you, just, Buck. I, I've got you. I'm protecting you. I, th- I appreciate that. I just think uh, you know we, they try to do the whole not salary cap, but the uh, luxury tax, lux- luxury tax type thing. I just don't think for the big market teams. I, don't, I really don't think they give a you know. Give a crap about that. Mm. Like it doesn't apply to them. You, you know what I mean? Um, like the Yankees, it doesn't matter. Like mm. that that luxury tax that they're getting taxed for whatever. There, I mean, they'll make that one night. Like the luxury Met, tax. That the Mets had to pay one hundred ten million dollars in luxury tax this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, but, but, and again, like with everything that the Mets have around the stadium, and they put, they have. I mean, they they get good crowds no matter what. Mm. Um, they're going to make that one night. They'll make it in, in, in a weekend series. Um, so I just think there's there's got to be a little bit something else, uh, I think, done there just to kind of push players to go in other directions. You know what we got to do? This is, this is going to help all of Major League Baseball. Ladies and gentlemen, I figured out a job. We strap – ready, Speedy? You know, I'm Rob, not sure. Rob Manford to a desk. We tie him up to a desk. We pull his pants down and we have a nice tennis racket and spank him a couple of times and put a couple of marks on that rear end of his because he's ruining the game of baseball. I am I am I am completely tired of Rob Manfred, okay? I'm just I'm telling you the truth here. I can't stand this man. This guy has tried to find a way to help baseball, speed baseball. Baseball's baseball. It's America's pastime. I do not want to see any more changes. I don't care. I you don't want to pay. I I like the shift thing. I like it, even though it didn't help. I like the shift thing. It makes sense. Yeah. Everything else, big pizza boxes, stealing stealing bases. I mean, if you go, I mean that's ridiculous. Right. And a pitching clock. Yeah. You know what? If a pitcher wants to get on the mound and wipe his ass and you know pick his nose or. You know, smack his, you know, smack his knees or spider tack, whatever he's doing. Let him do it. It's baseball. I, I'm just speaking to you. I'm helping you, Buck. Yeah, give you some opportunity. I mean. Uh, no, I appreciate that. Snot? Yeah, Maybe I mean, a little snot? No, um, well, you're going to see a few more of them this year. Mm. Um, because the, I guess there's a memo. They're speeding the clock up. So pitchers speed up. Shocker. Um, everything's all based off the pitchers. Apparently the pitchers are the problem. Um, for some odd reason, not the guy that steps out and has 19 seconds to adjust his batting gloves. Um, so 
Yeah, man. I, you're going to see a few more of them this year. And I just, I don't know. It's, uh, I didn't mind the pitch clock just because I could actually get home for dinner at a decent <laughs> hour. But, um, but yeah, it, it just, when they started kind of coming out with these things, like, I don't know. It, it just seemed you, you're, you're losing the, I think you're losing the baseball, the people that love the sport for the sport and not using baseball as just a social event. Rob's trying to appeal to the people that are using baseball as a social event, not actually coming to watch the game. Yeah, maybe we should uh, do what we were talking about with uh, Michael McHenry a couple months ago. We should have actual pizza boxes on the field. Well, then it'll be incentivizing. I mean, well, we could we could set up Buck, and he could stand right over there, and then we can we can have all these fast, speedy pitchers throw the ball at Rob Manford and see if he can so. he can duck and weave that. <laughs> I know Buck. I don't want to get you in trouble, man. I'm just I'm having fun with it. Rob's not no, going to do I'm anything not. to me. I mean, he doesn't owe me. You know, I mean, he doesn't own you either, but you you know what I mean. He doesn't run the league that you're playing in, so I don't want to throw you under the bus. But I, I'm loving this. I, I'm, this this is one of my favorite things to do is make fun of the the commissioners of uh, professional sports because hey, you know what? They're they're the boss. They're making millions and millions of dollars and and doing whatever the hell they want. I don't like it, and I don't care what. It, now we have former players come on the show, and I love it because they can say whatever they want. They can oh, do whatever they want. Open. Oh boy, oh boy, <laughs> are they open? You should have heard uh, three months ago, Kevin Mench. He was he was. <laughs> Like really going after ex Texas Rangers outfielder. He was going. He was going right after Bafford, but he was on knocking him out. Hiya! You know he's like breaking boards on his head and stuff. It was great. I'm loving it. I love it. I, I love making fun of these guys because hey, you know what? They think they know the sport more than the players, which is ridiculous. The players go out there. They they're the ones that are putting fannies in the seats. They're the ones throwing and practicing and throwing 95, 94 mile per hour fastballs and learning how to control it so they don't. Try to kill somebody at the you know behind the plate. I mean, I mean, except uh, Roldis Chapman, who you know, who knows what he. Likes except every pitcher in the Mets bullpen, not named Brooks Raley. Well, that's true too. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know how to control everything. Where they get ended up walking the bases loaded when they come into the game. I love baseball, man. It's so fun. It's great because you don't know what to expect. The personalities there, and and you get a chance to see it every single day. So who's better than you? I mean. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I got a name for you. Your new nickname is Buck Wild Farmer. How do you like that? I'm I'm in on it. All right, I'm we got a it. Buck Wild. I like that. You got to pull. Listen, I was watching a lot of Bucks. I I actually was uh, I was I went to my first rodeo this past weekend. Mm. It was fantastic at the Madison Square Garden. I did. I was working the credentials over there, interviewing cowboys. Speedy's got a bunch of videos. I mean, I saw these big-ass bulls, 5,000-pound bulls. I mean, these guys are riding it. Hey, listen, if I could ride a bull and make $150,000, let the let the bull jump on me. I'll ride him, you know? I, I <laughs> 150 grand a couple of times a show. I mean, who's better than him? I mean, I don't want to lose my arm or lose my shoulder. I saw somebody's shoulder pop right out of its socket. So. Oh, yeah. I can imagine trying to hang on to those uh, those things. Could you ride a bull? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd I'd give it a shot. Practice bull? Have you ever jumped on one of those leather practice bulls? Um, maybe on a fun night in Nashville. I'm not yeah. real sure. You know, you know, <laughs> for some real for some reason, the women are the ones that can ride those bulls better than we can. 
I mean, seriously. I was in Tennessee, and I'll never forget. I'm, I'm, I'm like, yo, put it on, you know, put them on medium. I, I can ride this thing. I grab it. I'm trying to hover over it, grab this, and they're telling me I can't use both hands. So I grab it. I get thrown off. I almost hit a wall, okay? And then these, this girl, this small, tiny girl, weighs about 110 pounds. She jumps on it, and she's on full throttle. And this girl's riding it till the end of time. I mean, what the hell? What, what are you doing? <laughs> are, is your parents teaching you something behind closed doors or something? I have no idea. I mean, seriously. It is unbelievable. Uh, but anyways, uh, we really appreciate you, Buck. Uh, yeah. uh, you're a fantastic, yeah, a great you. personality. And uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to the season. I'm going to be rooting for you, okay? And I appreciate we, that. We had, all the fans I can get. <laughs> oh, listen, I'm going to root for you, man. I, I'm. Don't be surprised if you see me wear a nice, beautiful Buck Wild jersey over there in uh, City Field. You know, I was good. I promised, uh, what's his name? Again? Amos Willingham. I'm really pitching for Amos the Nationals. Amos Willingham. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Amos. Famous Amos, man. Yeah, famous yeah. Amos. I, I told him. Georgia Tech product. Yeah. I, I went to the same school. So. No, look at that. Amos. Ah, famous nice. Amos. I mean, I, I told Amos, I said, I'm going to do you a favor, man. You get me tickets to City Field. You get me close to that dugout. I'm going to wear an Amos Willingham jersey. I'm going to have all of us wear one in a one-hole row, row, and I'm going to wear it like right in front of my body. I'm going to say, I'm going to tell all the Met fans, that's right, Amos. <laughs> and then they're going to look at me, who the hell is Amos Willingham? <laughs> but anyways, Buck, you're fantastic. Uh, keep up the good work. We'd love to get you on yeah. um, uh, during the season, you know, when you have a break or yeah. whenever you're hanging out and, you know, hopefully – uh, you know, everything is going well with Cincinnati. I, hold, I root for Cincinnati every year because you guys have so many good young prospects, and I expect you guys to take it to the next level. And when you do, maybe we'll see the big red machine again. That's what I want to see. I, I hope so. I hope so. I hope to be a part of it. Well, tell Vado to wear some underwear, okay? Please. Yeah, I will. Speedy don't wear any underwear, by the way. Don't listen to him. He doesn't. He's he's, he's admitted. Don't listen to him. He has admitted to not wear underwear on the show. Don't listen to him. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Buck, Buck. Tell the truth. Hold on. Tell the truth. Buck, you're in baseball. I'm sure a lot of guys have told you about small sample sizes. Out of the thousands of shows we did... Uh, there was one time because uh, there was a storm. I was in Connecticut. <laughs> That's what it was. There was a storm, all right. My family lives in Connecticut. So in 2020, during the COVID year, <laughs> yeah. there was a storm. I couldn't go back on the ferry that day. So I did the show from my house. So he forgot his underwear? I, no. I couldn't get in the shower. And I have to prep all this stuff for the show. So That's I was in my was. pajamas. Oh, I figured. That's what it was. So you went. So uh, since okay. then, raw he likes to it. overblow this joke. You raw dog it every single so time. So since man. then, he likes to overblow this joke <laughs> just because it happened once. <laughs> I love this kid, man. <laughs> Buck, wild farmer. Buck, we really appreciate you. Say hello to Thank the family, and we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Will do. Sounds good. Y'all have a good one. Buck Farmer, first time on the show. I love it. Great. Fantastic. Probably thinks we're nuts, but that's that's what everybody thinks. That's why they come. Well, yeah, you did bring up that story again. But it's true. Pelt Rob Manford in the balls Was it not and true? whatever else. But it's true. I yes, mean, one show. I, listen, I'm just speaking the truth about Rob Manford. I, I didn't throw him under the bus, did I? I didn't do it. I, I was protecting him. I was the one that was attacking Rob Manford. Buck loved it. I think he enjoyed that. Did you not? Yeah, no, he definitely enjoyed it. I mean, how could you I'm, not I'm enjoy not it? I'm not disputing you enjoy it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Where the hell is Nithin? I mean, again, he's late. He's late to the party, as always, and he'll pop right in at 930 when our guest is on. Great job, Nith. 
You're doing it again, man. You are a shagadelic, my friend. Nithin, you can come in now. I know you could hear us because you just commented on the feed. So There you go, Nith. Nith is the, you know what. Anyways, I'm not going to say it. Nith can come in and uh, we'll add him to the, the conversation. Aaron Rodgers said in the season-ended press conference on Monday, said the Jets need to flush out the BS and eliminate the distractions to be successful next season. He added that the BS, that has nothing to do with winning needs to get out of this building. Rodgers has also been in a recent feud with Jimmy Kimmel over the comments he made about Epstein's court documents. Garrett Wilson also took shots at Nathaniel Hackett, saying that the Jets always are out-schemed on the offensive side of the ball. Wilson also called the 2023 season the worst year of his life from a football perspective, despite still having 95 catches for 1,042 yards. Wilson recently changed his number (laughs) from 17 to 5, leading people to believe that Devontae Adams' trade to the Jets is very likely. The Jets finished the season 7-10 and 10 and will draft number 10 overall in 2024 NFL Draft. Where do they go at number 10? It doesn't look like it's going to be alt. It doesn't look like it's going to be an offensive, court, um, offensive lineman. Let's say... Let's go after a wide receiver. How about Neighbors if he's there? How about Coleman or Adunze? But I'm going to tell you this right now. Aaron Rodgers is the reason why Nathaniel Hackett, Joe Douglas, and Robert Sala still have a job. That is the only reason why those three guys still have a job. You can't sit here as a Jet fan and say, hey, Robert Sala next year is going to do much better than he did the last year. When his record, back-to-back years, we're only bringing in seven wins. You cannot sit here as a Jet fan and say, oh, that's good enough for the New York Jets. That's enough for the Jets when the Jets have not been in the playoffs and they have the longest drought in the NFL right now. The defense is one of the best defenses in the league, and they get so tired throughout the game. Throughout the game. And they look like they they give up in the fourth quarter because they know the offense is going to do nothing. And if I was Garrett Wilson, and if I was going out there and speaking to the press, I wouldn't be throwing out curveballs saying, I don't know what my future is going to lie. Could you stop? Could you stop? Your future is great. Next year, if you can keep Aaron Rodgers on the field, you're going to put up 1,500 yards. If you bring in Devontae Adams, you're going to put up 1,500 yards. You're the guy. It's not going to be Devontae Adams' team. It's going to be your team. Devontae is 31 years old. So what is the crybaby antics over here for the New York Jets? And by the way, I love Aaron Rodgers. I love how he speaks. I love he goes on the Pat McAfee show and shows his personality. That's great. Taking shots at Jimmy Kimmel was even funnier. I thought it was funny. And and by the way, he spoke uh, about Jimmy Kimmel and says that he never accused Jimmy Kimmel of being a child molester. A pedophile. He did never said that. He said that he believes that he was there on the island. That doesn't mean he was a pedophile. And he says, don't quote me on it. I never said that. But usually, you're, you're using accusations and throwing, throwing it out there that you believe Jimmy Kimmel is doing nasty things behind closed doors. 
I don't know the truth. I think it's very funny. And the feud that's going on right now with Pat McAfee and ESPN is ridiculous. I don't know what Pat's doing. I, I, I like Pat. I really do. I wouldn't be going after my bosses when I'm working for them. I, I wouldn't. I know Howard Stern did it. It makes a lot of sense. Howard Stern likes to bring in different personalities and 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 really transition the the the, the media world and the radio world the way he has done. But he did it in you know where was he? Rhode Island. I mean, this is it's not smart to do it this way. And, and but I'm not I'm not here to to attack Pat McAfee. My 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 argument here is Rodgers has been. Everything but a superstar player for the New York Jets, and that's because he can't stay on the field. And what do the Jets do in the offseason? Now that you won two out of your last four games, you won, you beat Washington, where you had a chance to just lose that game after Washington came back the way they did. And then you, you, you put up 17 points against a Patriot team in a snowstorm that honestly was waiting to lose that game. They wanted to lose that game. I don't know why... And by the way, Robert Sala, love you, man. And after the game, your your little back, you know, back back there, giving the game ball, and you know the season ending on a good note. What good note? You beat the Patriots in a snowstorm, seventeen to three, to a Patriot team that's probably going to part ways with one of the greatest coaches of all time. That honestly probably didn't want to win that final game. And it was pretty much a smack in the face for the Jets because the Jets went from all the way from eight and probably would have fell to seven or probably seven or six if they lost that game all the way to 10. So congratulations to Robert Sala on giving the Jets another wonderful draft pick who is probably going to fall short from an offensive lineman. Yeah, file this under things that don't need to go public for whatever reason. Aaron Rodgers, he's going to have his crazy I've been clapping a lot in this show. Crazy lifestyle off the field, whatever. We defended him for it in years past. We criticized him for others, whatever. Off the field, whatever. The quote does not need to come in the public eye. And I know Woody Johnson likes it. I know this Jets ownership loves to, to steal the tabloids from the Giants. Because does they've, he done the, they've done that for 20 years now, at least. And Woody Johnson has always liked that. But it doesn't need to happen. Aaron Rodgers and this Jets team knows they have to fix things this year. And especially from the offensive perspective. Nathaniel Hackett should know he has to fix things. Because he can't just cater to everything when you don't have Aaron Rodgers to do everything that they still wanted to do the same way. Because Aaron Rodgers isn't there. We know who the offensive coordinator of this team is. It's Aaron Rodgers, and he has this infatuation for Nathaniel Hackett. I understand. I mean, he's close with the family. He loves Cobb. He loves all his guys. But Batiari will be there, too, next year. You're going to have Devontae Adams. You're going to have Jones there. You're going to have the whole Green Bay Packers organization there before you know it. And I, I think that if you're a Jet fan... That doesn't really sell to me as a New York Jet fan because right now you look at Jordan Love, and I don't think Jordan Love is Aaron Rodgers. I don't. I don't know why Green Bay fans think that he is. Congratulations if you think that Aaron Rodgers is an old man. He can't do it anymore because he'll prove you wrong next year. But Jordan Love's had a good season. We expected it to to be a good season. For them to say that he had less of talent around him than Aaron Rodgers is a lie. Okay, that's a lie. They have speed demons all over the field and they could catch the ball. So I, I understand. And their running game wasn't that good, but their defense in the second half of the season played pretty well. And that's why they're in the playoffs. But I, I know everybody sitting here today is probably wondering what this Jet team is going to be next year. 
And if they don't figure out what this offensive line is going to be next year, it don't matter who is behind the center. It doesn't matter. Because to me, it only tells me one thing. Aaron Rodgers is going to get killed behind the line of scrimmage, and he's going to look like, not Aaron Rodgers, he's going to look like Zach Wilson next year if they don't have the right guys around him to succeed. And I, I was talking about stubbornness earlier with Arthur Smith. I was talking about stubbornness with uh, Jeff Ulbrich and Robert Sala. And now you're, you're kind of seeing that kind of thing with Nathaniel Hackett where it didn't have to be this way with the Jets. And I think kind of the blemish of kind of coaching Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay for those three years, he could get away with those kinds of things, coaching that same kind of scheme. But meanwhile, Nathaniel Hackett's, I think, just as good, if not better work, was in Jacksonville, when Jacksonville had Blake Bortles at quarterback and not a great offensive line. Now, they did have a good running game. They did have good wide receivers, fine. But the Jets have those same kind of things. Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall are good skill players at their positions. They have competent enough tight ends where they can make that kind of thing work like he did in Jacksonville with bad quarterback play. Now, obviously, Blake Bortles a better quarterback than Zach Wilson. Fine, but they still... Blake Bortles How much still, better? Yeah, Blake Bortles still had turnover <laughs> issues. Blake Bortles still had issues allowing sacks. And that kind of thing was fixed in Nathaniel Hackett's offense in that 2017 season, even late in that 2016 season, when they were beating good teams down the stretch and spoiling a lot of teams. So why can't they have ju- those kinds of adjustments? And you should have realized that kind of thing when... Dalvin Cook was struggling, and Michael Carter was struggling. Feed Brees Hall a lot more. You don't need to platoon it, especially when Izzy was hurt and these other running backs were hurt. And, and same they, kind of thing with the tight ends. And by, by the way, Izzy came back. They didn't feed him the ball. They weren't giving him the ball. And everybody thinks he was the second option for the, for the future for the Jets. I think the Jets got to go back into the draft and find himself another back because Michael Carter did not really achieve what they thought he was going to be. By the way, another North Carolina player who just – doesn't look like he's going to be in the NFL that long. And that's, that goes for a lot of these North Carolina players that really never achieve anything. So I, I know everybody likes this kid, Drake May, and they say, oh, my God, this guy's the next thing since sliced bread. Well, just imagine the last quarterback that was supposed to be a top-end quarterback in the league. And where is he? He's a backup quarterback right now that barely can cut the <laughs> cheese that comes out of his ass. All right? So I'm just speaking the truth here. This whole Aaron Rodgers thing could only tell me one thing as a New York Jet fan. And that's it. Devontae Adams is probably a go in this offseason. What are they going to give up for Devontae Adams? That's one. Number two, even with Devontae Adams, how are they going to succeed if the offensive line can't protect for Aaron Rodgers? Number three, at number 10, are they going to get the offensive lineman or one of the two offensive linemen that they could have had if they didn't win those two games? That would probably be a no. So you're sitting here and you're wondering, what are the Jets going to do this offseason? Well, they could have about $60 million if they drop a couple of players. Lankin Tomlinson should be on his way out. This Jets team should be thinking on where they're going to go in the offseason when it comes to that offensive side of the ball. The defense should stay put. They should maybe keep Ashton Davis and re-sign him to a small contract. They decided to, you know, uh, part ways with certain youngsters over the last couple of weeks. So I think the Jets need to figure this out. Dalvin Cook is right now practicing with the Baltimore uh, Baltimore Ravens and could win a Super Bowl this year and could make the Jets look like a bunch of idiots because you had Dalvin Cook on your roster and you couldn't do anything with him. It tells me one thing. Maybe Sean Payton was right about Nathaniel Hackett. Maybe the guy doesn't know what he's doing because you could say whatever you want about Sean Payton and the stupidity that he's done in the offseasons and in the last couple of years as well when he wasn't in the NFL. But he comes back and he figures out certain things with a, a quarterback you didn't want and found a way to win and actually beat Kansas City. So I, I, I just think that what we've seen with Nathaniel Hackett tells me that Nathaniel Hackett isn't the guy moving forward uh, for this Jets team and really to 
we build the, uh, this offensive side of the the ball. So I I don't know where where the Jets go in the offseason to add some additions to make this team better. Right, and you go back to adjustments too. When you realize that Zach Wilson is holding the ball too long, when you realize that this offensive line is not what it was meant it out to be at the start of the season, especially once Elijah Vera Tucker went down, you have to scheme for that kind of thing. I'm not saying that the offensive line is going to be great overnight, but at least make it where it seems somewhat competent enough to at least run an average offense because with the Jets' great defense, the way it played for pretty much the entire season, they should they could have been a competitive team with an, just an above-average offense. The Steelers got into the playoffs at a 10-7 ugly record. Like It's not like the Steelers were overly good at anything and they stuck into the playoffs. The Jets definitely could have been right there with those teams. The Bengals were 9-8, and almost making the playoffs with a backup quarterback once Burrow got hurt. There's enough leeway where these coaches were able to make adjustments and still be competitive. Look at the entire AFC South. None of those rosters were great. Texans get in the playoffs. Colts almost make the playoffs. The Jets had enough excuses where Nathaniel Hackett could be a lot more creative with this team, and Garrett Wilson, I think, has every right to be upset. I think if they win nine games, they make the playoffs. They should. They, they would have. Because there's enough teams and enough tiebreakers where that could have worked, and the Steelers, again, the way they won was so ugly. Well, every, ten wins, not yeah. nine. Well, yeah, but think about, like, even if something didn't go the right way for one of these teams, like, there were enough teams that got lucky in regards Just to... Just think, just think, if you look at it, the Jets won seven games and there were teams that made the playoffs with 10 wins. All the Jets needed to do is beat Kansas City that night, that Thursday night football game, and won against Atlanta. Atlanta sucks. How do they lose against Atlanta? And maybe pick another team. Any one of the, the, the crappy teams, that the Patriots, the first time they played them. If they would have won all three of those games... The Jets made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They would have made the playoffs. Falcons versus Jets, the ultimate stuff. Even with ball. Zach Wilson <laughs> and the garbage that they had at the quarterback play. It, honestly, there's no excuses for the New York Jets. No excuses for this team. And and Robert Sala, shame on you to even find a way to make excuses for this team. So I, I, I'm going to tell you this right now. Robert Sala needs to find himself in the offseason, find his emotion, because you cannot go into that locker room next year and sit there and stick up for these players and say, hey, it's okay for what they've done. When you were so aggressive as a defensive coordinator in the, with the 49ers and so loud and rambunctious and, and who you are as a man and as a, as a person, as a leader, and you go over there to New York Jets and you put, your hair, you put your head between your legs. That's what you did and fart on it or do something. Let everybody else fart on it because you're not doing yourself a, a service sitting there in front of the press, knowing that the New York press is going to eat you up alive and do the stupid things that you've done at the press conferences. It, it, it's just embarrassing. You don't see Dable sit there and say, well, you know, I'm not going to throw the podium at you. You see the guy turn blue, purple, and then he screams or he tells you, I'm not answering that question. I'm not answering that question. That's a stupid question. I mean, seriously, you sit there and you answer every question and you give us Bull crap answers. I am done with it. And and again, I've attacked guys from the NFL network that came on the show and other people that analysts that would sit there and make excuses for Robert Sala. There is no excuses for this New York Jet team. As a matter of fact, I would rather eat bad, hard-boiled eggs than watch this team play football. Okay? They stink as bad as an egg sitting out on your table for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. It, it, it Honestly, and I'm talking about when you peel the friggin' egg. It, it smells like crap, okay? And that's what the Jets smell like. Bad fish, bad eggs, 
That's what they are as an organization right now. And until they figure it out, until they open their eyes and realize that there's a lot of cancers from this organization, because and everybody keeps blaming Woody Johnson. It's not Woody Johnson's fault that this team has not produced wins. All Woody could do is give you the money and tell him, hey, you want this guy? We're going to get him for you. You want that guy? We're going to get him for you. How is that the owner's fault? How is it his fault that the team isn't winning? He's opening his pockets. The Roonies don't like to open up their pockets. At least Woody Johnson will go out there and open up his pockets and pay Quinn Williams, who did, by the way, who was a pro Bowl player, and I, and I thought he was fantastic this year, but he didn't really put up the numbers that we expected him to after giving him one of the biggest defensive, end, uh, defensive tackle contracts in NFL history. So stop, all right? And I know Quincy, and by the way, Quincy Williams was the MVP for the Jets this year. He was. Did he make the Pro Bowl? Did he make the Pro Bowl, Speedy? I, I, I don't I, think so. How does Quincy Williams not make the Pro Bowl this year? He was one of the top five linebackers in all of football. How does he not make the Pro Bowl? What is the Pro Bowl all about? The best players it, in, in the respectful, respect, respect of the league this year. The guys that played the best at their positions this year. Isn't Quincy Williams one of the best guys at his position this year? It makes no sense. I, I, I think the... And I understand that the fans vote for it. And why do you want to play? Problem. And you don't want to play flag football, anyways. What the hell do you want to play flag football? For? Yeah, it's not all about that. It's just about the your recognition on your resume. <laughs> That's he, he got his money. He no, made no, his I mean, money. Accolades. Like you look back at your career, you were a blank time Pro Bowl, or like you want to be known for that. Like, Listen, Quincy to me wasn't a. T- he was a top five linebacker in the league. It's a shame what they did. Um, I I question some. Of the thoughts, and and again, San Francisco, they had all these these all pro pro ball players, fantastic. This is a team that always has that and never gets over the hump and wins the Super Bowl. So, I, I'm interested to see what the 49ers are going to do this year. I know everybody has them winning or coming out of the NFC. I beg to differ, and I still don't trust a young quarterback that has never done it when it comes to pressure. Expenses. I, he's he went to the he played the Eagles last year in the NFC title game. Went right through. They beat Seattle. Good for them. They ran through teams that they could beat, and then they walked into an Eagle team that was better than them. So I I, I don't know if there's anybody better than them in the NFC, but I still question what they see in them. And by the way, Kyle Shanahan for some reason makes a lot of mistakes in the big game. So. Good luck for all those San Francisco 49er fans, which, by the way, hasn't won a Super Bowl as long as the Cowboys. Congratulations to the San Francisco well, fans. At least they've reached a conference championship. Another clap. Something the Cowboys haven't done in the entire 21st century. John Morant. The Grizzlies announced that John Morant suffered a torn labrum in his right shoulder and will undergo season-ending surgery. The team said he suffered this injury during a training session on Saturday. Morant just returned back from a 25-game suspension in December 19th. Morant has played nine games this season, and the Grizzlies were 6-3 in those games. Morant averaged 25 
25.1 points per game, 5.6 rebounds per game, 8.1 assists per game. Morant is making $34 million this season and still has three more years remaining to a five-year $197 million contract uh, he signed in 2022. Here's what I'm going to say about that. This all works out for John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. You ready for this, guys? This team was not going to make the playoffs. This team started the season crappy because John Morant wasn't in the lineup. And now losing him, they're going to go back to losing. And what does this do for the Grizzlies? I'm going to tell you what it's going to do for them. And the NBA is going to hook the Grizzlies up. You ready to hear this? The Grizzlies are going to be one of the worst five teams in the NBA. Or six teams in the NBA. And what's going to happen is they're going to somehow get in the top three. Because that's the NBA, baby. That's this lottery crap. They're going to get in the top three, maybe top two, and they're going to get themselves a great player to play with John Morant. And then you're going to go into next year, and we're going to be talking about, oh, my God, look at that team. Look at the stack type of players they have. They have this rookie that's going to be up and coming. John Morant back at a full season. Oh, championship or bust this year. I think I, I, this is the problem with the NBA. And I'll tell you this right now. There should not be a lottery, okay? This draft lottery is garbage. And why? Because teams try to lose at the end of the season. Fine. Does that mean that if you win the lottery, you're going to win? Webb and Yama is a good player. Or Yana, Yana is a good player. He, he's a good player. Is he going to be the player the player that everybody thinks he's going to be a game, like the, the, the best player, the greatest player to ever play in the game, the best prospect we've ever seen? I don't know. And to think that because of his size and his ability to shoot and dribble the ball, congratulations. He's not even rookie of the year right now. So what does that tell you? That says a lot. So I know everybody wants to sit here and make excuses about, hey, you know, uh, why, why there should be a lottery, there should be this. The NHL's going that way. I Eventually, maybe football will do that. I don't think they I don't should. think so. I think there's too uh, who much knows? parity for that. I mean, nobody thought the NHL was going to do that. No, but the and now the MLB is, is doing it. Yeah, the difference is, though, with the NFL, there's too many tiebreakers for only playing a 17-game season so versus what? an 82-game season. So <laughs> what? I, I think it could happen. Every single sport is doing it except football now. All the major sports besides football here in America are doing it. So what does that tell you? Football eventually is going to do it. They're going to do it. It's going, everything's going to follow. I mean, even wrestling. I mean, I don't watch wrestling, but they have like these, these lottery drafts, you know, with SmackDown and Raw. I mean, I haven't watched it in a long time, but I know it's every single year. And I, it's so funny because it's obviously planned, but nevertheless, it's funny because they make, they mock professional sports. That's what I think they're doing. That's the way I look at it. They mock it because it's a lottery. So or they spin the balls or whatever. The names Allegedly going. do the ping pong system, which still kind of flawed the names on it too. Yeah. And the problem is the main issue is the percentages. They, they don't make sense for some years where sometimes the worst team is the worst team by six games, but yet they only still get the same percentages. If one and two are separated by one game, like it doesn't make sense. I, I think this helps the NBA because of all the craziness that's going on. I mean, uh, Draymond Green looks like he's coming back or he's back already. And, and, and John Morant comes back after 25 games for flashing a gun three or four times. So congratulations to the NBA that have, uh, you know, have their way of uh, 
hooking up the hood people. Yeah. You know? John Moran, you definitely feel bad with this injury, too. I mean, yes, what he did was still warranted. I agree with you. He should have been suspended a lot longer than he was, and maybe this injury doesn't happen in that case. But still, you definitely have to feel bad for an injury guy that's had a lot of injury problems his whole career. And by the too. way, and I say hood because John Moran is not from the hood. <laughs> he's not. He admits it. He's gone on on paper said he's not from the – He's he went to a private school. He – it's so funny, like Eminem, you know what I mean? He was like, you went to Cranback, Ronald, private school, you know what I mean? So I, it, that's what John Moran is. And he plays this like he's from the hood. He's from, you know, yeah. he's hanging out over there, you know. But uh, Draymond Green is from the hood sure. of Detroit. You know, he's from the mean streets of De- Detroit. So he could say that he's from that, okay? But I, I just think that, you know, all these NBA players that – you know, they obviously they they come from places and not great places, and their families, you know, that are not you know they don't have the money, but they they become stars at such a young age. You you wonder if the NBA is doing these kids right? Are they they helping these kids after giving them these big contracts? Now, I'm not saying not to give them contracts because right. they deserve it. Yeah, I mean they're the best of the best. But could you imagine getting thirty four million dollars? Just think about that. I mean, Jax, I, I don't know if he's seen that yet, but uh, you know, maybe in the future, Dax Bigger sees uh, you know, a nice $30 million contract. Who knows? But John Moran sees, he's, what, 22, 23 years old, mm-hmm. and he gets a $34 million contract. He gets a five-year, $197 million contract. He never has to play basketball again. He doesn't have to do anything. His kids, 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 kids don't have to do nothing for the rest of their lives. And again, you also look at this. Could you maybe, imagine that? Maybe being an extended counseling, too, for him, too. If maybe this will solve the issues altogether. You feel bad if how it happened because it's, it was an injury. But maybe because the the John Morant issues maybe are not still completely resolved yet. I know they brought him back, but that's like the NBA standards of bringing him back, like we were talking about with Draymond Green. Hopefully that could be an extended thing where he could turn his mental state around in order to be the NBA player. I think I be. grew up more in the hood than John Morant. I mean, honestly. I mean, where... I'm not from the hood, but I, I mean, there's certain parts where I'm from where there's a, you know, there's a bad area, you know? So, I mean, the meat streets, a patch hog. No, I'm just kidding. But that, that, that's where, you know, it's on my birth certificate. I'm from patch hog. I actually, it's not on my birth certificate. So everybody knows. I don't know what exactly. Well, maybe it is. I don't know, but I haven't looked at my birth certificate in about 20 years. So I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting old speedy. I don't want to remember that I'm 41 years old. I, I might be lost. And everybody says, well, you're a young man. I was like, I, Listen, I might look like a young man, but I don't feel like one. I mean, seriously, I, I still go to the gym. I'm still lifting. I mean, I, you know, I'm lifting more than Jax. I'm sure he knows that. And, you know, I, I you know, I've got, you know, power hitting, you know, body size, but uh, I probably can't, you know, pull the ball anymore the way I used to. But nevertheless, uh, I, you know, I can, you know, I could put the ball on the, you know, the nub, you know, you like the nub, Speedy? I don't know. Do you know what a nub is? It's on a bat. It's like a nubby. It's like I mean, it's like, on a bat. It's like a tail of a little baby dog. Okay. You know? A nub. You okay. know? See him shake the little nub? I mean, you don't have a small little dog. You have no, a I big don't. dog. And he has a pretty big tail. So. And, and he has a pretty big mouth, too, and a tongue, which you like as well. Right? Uh, Yeah. He has a whiny mouth. And a nice long tongue, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just, I mean, Jax doesn't understand, but uh, maybe he will later. Anyways, when we come back, ladies and gentlemen... We will be talking to Texas Rangers AAA's second baseman, Jax Biggers, here on the Sports Loudmouth. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouth. Oh, I got to record myself during our breaks. It's so funny. <laughs> 
Speedy, you love it, right? I'll try. You have to love it. No, I don't. You're a team. We're a team. We're teammates. Can we give a high five over here? Could you read me? Could you reach me? I'm read me. I don't know if you could read me, but you could reach me, right? Uh, not quite. All right. Well, I don't need you to give me a high five. You're really, it's starting to make me think that you want to do more. Anyways, uh, you're listening to the Sports Loudmouth. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Speeder. It's the Speedster. Oh, my God. 631-672-3108 is the number to call. Go to a website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including the Loudmouth with me and Speedy Petey every single Wednesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. All you got to do to check out our show is go to a website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Just for, so everybody knows, I, I want everybody to go to our website. I, I do. And I hope everybody's checking out all the great stories that we post up over there. Shame on you if you're not. They're fantastic. And uh, listen, I'm telling you right now, we can entertain you. Look at Speedy. I mean, just looking at him entertains me. Look at him. I mean, Speedy, are you smiling? Are you going to ever smile? Are you just going to get... It's just a serious face Maybe. on your... Well, it's just smile. Give me a smile. Well, when the moment comes. Well, well, right now. I, I'm not I, giving you a fake smile. I, I have to see a smile. I'm not going to start. I will. When I, the, I need when to the see moment, one. It's smile. not going to be authentic. Smile. I can't do it. I'm not going to do the show. I'm going to sit here until you smile. There you go. Look at that. I take a picture, ladies and gentlemen. He's finally smiling. Anyways. Oh, look at that. I see. I got you to smile. That's great. And uh, look at that face. He looks like he's about to rip somebody's face. Anyways, uh, he can rip our, our next guest if he wants. I won't do that. Don't worry, Jax. <laughs> Jax, uh, you know, Jax will kick your ass. Yeah. Of he, course he would. He might, you know, stick a knob of a bat up your ass. Yeah, Anyways, I'm not we're doing now ta- <laughs> We're now talking to Texas Rangers AAA second baseman, Jax Biggers. Jax, what's up, bud? How's it going? Appreciate y'all having me on. Well, we appreciate you, man. We know you're a busy guy, and why not? I mean, the Texas Rangers wins a World Series, a smile on your face. You're in AAA. You're a youngster. You're up and coming. Eventually, you'll take over. Maybe you'll play second base. Maybe you'll be a shortstop, a third baseman. It doesn't matter. You're Jax Biggers, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't know him, shame on you. Jax, anyways, uh, how are you and your family doing? I mean, over the last couple of years, it's been crazy, all these crazy things that are happening. You have the social distancing and the coronavirus. How are you and your family doing from that? Yeah, uh, we're all good. Um, luckily, I'm from Texas, so, you know, we didn't take it as serious as some of the, the northern states. Um, you know, as far as being able to get out and do, you know, the normal life stuff, we were able to uh, do that more than probably the average state. Um, whether that's good or bad for how we did it, you know, I, I personally enjoyed it. I was able to stay free from COVID, knock on wood. Everybody's doing well. Family's good. Everybody's healthy. All you can ask for. Well, you're a pretty good baseball player, man. I'm looking at your numbers this year in the AAA uh, divisions right now. I mean, you played for the Round Rock Express. And and I'm looking at it. 387 at bats, 235. That's a major league. That's a major league number. I mean, right now, I mean, we had uh, top players in the league batting 199. Shame on you, whoever's doing that. 12 home runs, 59 RBIs, 14 stolen bases, and and a .718 OPS. I mean, those are pretty good numbers, man. Your team over there in Texas, the Rangers are World Series champions, like I said. And you look at this team and look at the opportunity that you have in the very near future. You're 26 years old you're in the you're almost in the prime of your career what are your chances in the next year or so to be called up by the great texas rangers yeah i mean you're always working for it um you know you're training for it always gonna be ready for it 
But uh, being on a World Series um, organization makes it a lot harder. You know, five years ago when they were struggling, you know, it was kind of looking like a, you know, I had a shot. If I, you know, if I did what I could do, um, maybe I had a shot. And now it's definitely got a lot harder. Um, but, you know, put your head down, go to work, and just hope for the best. So you came up at the end of the season in 2022. Uh, any experiences that you had with both of the either big-name infielders, Seager or Simeon, that helped you grow your game? What were they like if they had interactions with you? Yeah, um, I've talked to them both during spring training, but, you know, I kind of just really just like to watch them and learn from them. Um, our, me and Seager's bodies are so different, it's kind of like hard to learn, but he's so smooth and um, – the game never gets too fast for him, and that's what's crazy is, like, you never really see him throw a ball extremely hard, but yet he does everything on time, makes routine plays, makes a good plays. Like, he just does everything really smooth and, like, looks very um, effortless. And then Simeon's just uh, – he comes in every day, does the same thing. Um, very, like, you're – like, you're, like, talking about like a pro's pro. Like, that's uh, Simeon. We are talking to Texas Rangers AAA prospect second baseman Jax Biggers. You know, it's so funny. You know, if you're learning from them, you can learn a little bit from me. I mean, I don't know if I could get on the field and swing the bat like I'm like I did when, you know, my normal days as, as a high school student. But I could teach you other things. I could teach you how to, you know, crack jokes. Stick whoopee cushions all over the, you know, the dugout. You know, maybe, you know piss in a water bottle or two you know i could do that stuff i mean i people kill me but uh oh that that's what happens you know you have to be a jokester who's the jokester right now on your roster for the round rock express uh we had a guy named matt wally he was one of our catchers um just always you know happy jolly making jokes uh, making fun of people but also when people made fun of him he could laugh and smile it off. So it wasn't, you know, he never got butt hurt. Um, he was probably like the team, the team clown, the jokester, just keeping everybody um, in good spirits. I'm the jokester. Speedy is more like the mascot. I mean, just, I mean, he's the mascot of the the worldwide. Sp- I mean, look at him. I mean, he looks like, uh, I, I don't know. I, he looks like, you know, a young Santa Claus. He just needs to get, you know, a white beard and get a little bit older, take off the glasses. He only has to learn how to do is say, ho, ho, ho. You know, could you do that for me, Speedy? Ho, ho, ho. There you go. Look at that. I mean, Santa Jr. right here. Maybe it's his long lost son. But anyways, how's Rudolph doing, by the way? Uh, <laughs> oh, Jax. Uh, I mean, you have a sensational name. Your last, your last name is Biggers. And your first name is Jack, so you want to jack the ball and be bigger. Why not? You're five foot eight, 175 pounds, and you're built like an ox. I don't care what you say. You don't have to be Corey Seager to be a great baseball player. You just need to have – you have to be technically sound, and you know how to swing at that, uh, that little ball over there. When you look at the league and the, the different – Skills you build in AAA, moving up from single A, double A to triple A, and then really transitioning and going into the major leagues. What is the difference from the majors to all the different leagues that you have to jump from one to the other? Uh, so I haven't been like officially in the major leagues besides mm-hmm. for like some spring training games. Right. And low A and high A. I actually never played high A, but from heard high and low A are very similar. So low A is just all about can you hit a fastball? Uh, a lot of guys will throw like 96 to 99. Um, and it's kind of crazy. It's like, why is everybody throwing so hard, you know, at the, at the lowest level um, in professional baseball? But you learn that, okay, pitchers are learning how to throw more pitches and hitters just got to be able to hit the fastball. 
Um, then in double A, start learning, and guys have more command. And so now it's like, hey, he's working me in and out. But they still don't have like two or three off-speed pitches, more like just a, a fastball curveball, fastball slider, uh, maybe like a really good fastball and a changeup. So you're kind of like, everybody's kind of a, a two-pitch mix. And so pitchers are learning, you know, that third or fourth pitch where hitters are just learning how to control the zone, um, you know, be on top for a heater, but still be able to adjust and hit a uh, curveball or break or a slider changeup, whatever they want to call it. And then you get to triple A, it's like, never been show, hopefully, hopefully soon, but not yet. Um, but everybody who has been in the show and has been back and forth between the show and AAA say it's the exact same, except the pressure in the big leagues is way different, obviously. Um, every win is like worth a million dollars in the big leagues. And so like, they say the pressure is different, but the pitching, uh, the hitters, like it's all just about pretty much the same. Obviously, I'm not going to – there's no there's no DeGroms in AAA. Mm. But there's a handful of guys that are in, in AAA in the big leagues that come up and down so often that um, they say you, you get a lot of big league experience playing in AAA without playing, you know, in the big stadiums, the big crowds, you know, and the, and the big the big time the big time pressure. And Listen, all you're from Texas. I, I was just at my first bull riding rodeo, okay? If baseball doesn't work out, my friend, I think your body is perfect for being a rodeo, you know, a rodeo guy. So why don't you, you know, if it doesn't work out in the big leagues, you know, you jump right on a bull. I might, I might be a rodeo clown before I get on a bull. Right, well, listen, I'm the biggest clown. So if you want me to dance around one of those 5,000-ton crazy animals after they throw somebody off their back, it wouldn't be me. I'd be hiding behind some – or jumping in one of those metal cans or something like that. Now, Dallas already has its rodeo clown. His name is Kyrie Irving. That's true, too. I mean, seriously. I mean, that's a clown by itself. I mean, he likes to, uh, you know, do tricks with a basketball. I mean, could he do any other tricks? How about hang out on a bus, you know, when he should be? <laughs> That's a trick. I mean, now you see me, now you don't. <laughs> yes, that was the exact, exact summary of the 2021 Brooklyn Nets. Oh, man, don't we love Kyrie Irving? He's so, he's so special. Anyways, we are talking to Texas Rangers AAA second baseman Jack Spickers. So I want to ask you about some of the young players that had an impact on the World Series team, too. Evan Carter obviously was a top prospect, then Jonah Heim and Josh Young, who should have been a rookie of the year finalist. I don't know what he was, but all huge impacts for the Rangers this season. What were they like as uh, when you were teammates with them in the minor leagues? Yeah, so uh, so when Josh first got drafted, uh, young, he came to Low A Hickory, which is in like small city North Carolina, um, where I had where I had been for a couple months prior to the draft. Um, and he's a very like he works hard. Um, he, he's good, obviously he's a good player, but the way he works every day can kind of be like maybe a little, a little exhausting. Mm-hmm. But he never gets tired, and he works really hard, and he um, he's learned definitely quality over quantity in the past, and so I think that's brought him to a whole other level. He's already a, a great um, athlete when it comes to bat to ball skills, you know, making a good throw, diving plays, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so he, playing with him and watching him hit balls like to right center, and now he goes full side air, uh, like home run wise, has been crazy to see his development grow. I uh, never played with Jonah besides in spring training. Uh, obviously, he's a freak of nature with, with his body and um, his bat-to-ball skills as well. But Evan, Evan was crazy this year. I played with him probably for maybe 75% of the season. Wow. Um, and then, you know, you, you blink, and all of a sudden he's in the World Series, and you're like, this dude's 20. Can't even, you know, can't even have a Coors Light yet legally. And he's making his name – Go global all across of uh, baseball, all all across baseball fans, mm. all, all within two months. Just 
snap of the fingers, and Evan Carter was already a huge success. And it, it was cool to see. Yeah, it's cool to see. It's cool to see when I, I see my name. It's usually not on the screen, not on a Megatron. It's just uh, here, right on the screen right here. It, it's nice. It's about 20 inches. It, it's good enough, right, Speedy? I'm sure there's some 20-inch Jumbotron that has your name on it. Well, sure. that's true. I mean, I mean, who wants to look at me? I mean, seriously. I'm wearing a Van Von Dutch hat. You know, it's a beautiful one, by the way, Speedy. You should be promoting it. Uh, well, we're not getting paid for it, so why are we doing that? As everybody knows, we are talking to Texas Rangers AAA second baseman, Jax Biggers. And, and by the way, Jax, we're going to get you some endorsements. We're going to get you some money. And by the way, uh, one thing that really bothers me about the – baseball major leagues is the minor leagues and i think minor league players should be getting paid i don't understand it and i understand that making it to the league and having a success that some of these guys have that's why they get the big bucks but how about you guys what what is it going to take for the five or six teams that these organizations own and and run throughout the single double and triple a why not one of these guys going to make money come on let's let's preach this help me out here no, for sure. I mean, we would all love to make more money, uh, but, you know, the end goal isn't to be a triple-A, double-A, or, you know, single-A player for a long time. The goal is to, you know, go to the minor leagues as fast as possible and then get get to the show and stay there as long as possible. But, yeah, I, I do uh, – I would definitely love better pay. I would never turn down money. So uh, – but I understand both sides, you know. I feel like I'm really close to my career being over or my career being in the, in the big leagues, and so – one way or the other, if I do make it to the show, then obviously there's no complaints. But if I do happen to be in the minor leagues, you know, I do those those dudes do struggle. Um, you know, there's guys who get drafted for eight million dollars, and there's guys who get drafted for eight thousand mm. dollars. And uh, those guys who get who get drafted, you know, from five thousand to twenty thousand, it's a grind because you know, no matter how much work you put into it, you know, when you turn twenty four, you're like, okay, you know, real life's about to start. I've got twenty thousand to my name. And, you know, what can you do with 20000 when you're trying to have a family and, and whatnot? So I do agree, like, there could be some more money. But at the same time, you know, the goal is to get to the show. And, and that's where the real money is made. And that should be everybody's dream. So I, I, I see both sides. Um, but like I said, I'll, I'll never turn down money. Listen, I'm going to help you out here. You you don't see it on both sides. <laughs> I, I'm trying to help you here. It, it's You should be no, getting I, money. I, no, I, Listen, I'm going to take a baseball bat to the, the, the commissioner of all these – you know, different, you know, leagues over here. And I just, uh, I'll threaten him. I'll be like, listen, you want to put me in jail? That's fine. But Jax Bickers needs to be a millionaire. Let's throw him some money here. I mean, mean seriously. I, I, I'm just I'll kidding. Yeah, well, I'm going to quote, I'm, I'm not going to quote myself because uh, somebody might, uh, you know, throw me a bone. But nevertheless, um, I, I do believe that young players, young talented players should be getting paid in the minor leagues. If you're, if you're working your ass off to get to the majors, and I understand, you go up, you go down, you go up, Could you, maybe you stay there for a certain amount of time, and then you go back down. You, you work your ass off for, I mean, you've been probably playing in the major, I mean, you've been drafted, you've been probably playing since you were 18. I mean, that's eight years of hard ass work, and nobody's giving you a shot at the major league. So you never know, because I've seen guys come up they they can do nothing in triple a and and they're sitting there all uh, you know until they're 28 years old all of a sudden they get called up and they get hot and they hit 30 home runs i mean come on man give somebody yeah, give a yeah, brother yeah. a chance baby give a brother a chance but nevertheless 
Uh, Jax, before we let you go, man, because you're a fantastic personality, and we're going to get you out there. And I, I want, I'm going to sell you to the Mets and the Yankees because guess what? The Mets definitely need a second baseman. And McNeil needs to be traded. They need to stop paying guys, even though you're underpaying McNeil. I, I just yeah, you're not going to trade him for much value this year. <laughs> well, trade him for your uh, your underwear, okay? I mean, you don't wear any underwear anyway, so. Don't listen to him, Jax. I mean, he doesn't, Jax. He really doesn't. Don't listen don't to him. Don't. It was one show out of thousands we've done. Listen, he doesn't wear underwear. He's not. I'm not lying it, it, here. It's cold in New York, so yeah, yeah, definitely need to wear some underwear up there. It's a little cold. Listen, be, uh, listen this is. Yeah, it was, uh, it was snowing a few days ago. Jax, this isn't, this isn't cold, man. I mean, you, you, you're from Arkansas here. I mean, seriously, I mean, you don't see snow enough. But over here, you see some snow, you see some rain. This is this is child play. I mean, seriously, I can walk I think, out with my boxers. I think today it's forty-five, and I'm freezing. Forty-five, and you're freezing. Come on, Jax. Now, now yeah. you, now you need to get bigger. Okay, Jax needs to get bigger. Anyways, uh, Jax, you're great, man. And honestly, you could be after baseball. You could be a broadcaster. I mean. You can you have a personality, man, and and you'll probably some of these guys make more money doing that than they do playing baseball. So, listen, yeah, I know yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, but you could do it, man. I think you could do it, and uh, you got a great personality. I want to see you make it into the majors. I'll be rooting for you. I love the name, by the way. It's perfect. I mean, Jax wants to be bigger for you. You know, you could be a commercial guy. You could be a milk commercial. You know, you'll be like, you know how in the olden days they had, you know, the people that are missing on the milk carton missing? You know what I mean? You could just say, not missing. And you have Jax right there. Jax, Jax Biggers. Buy yourself some 2% milk in stores near or, you. Or, or you do the reverse. <laughs> Jax Biggers hits a home run. The pitcher is missing. <laughs> That's true, too. And, have, you know, when you hit it, it's like a, you know, it's like a milk carton, you know? With your name, your, your, your picture on it, not missing. Missing. Max like Scherzer's twenty twenty three Mets. Career. I mean, I I'd be I'd be perfect. I I'm a great marketer right over here. Jax needs to be on a milk carton. I said there you go. You make a couple of bucks. I mean the nil deals. There should be nil deals in the minor leagues. Speedy, am I right? Yeah, that, definitely could be. I mean, come on, man. That that, that, that could that could be uh you could be on something there. Yeah, we can talk to the women. They can wear pictures of you on their shirts, on their bras. I mean, could, let's make Josh Jack's Biggers bras for women. I mean, come on, I it would be perfect. I mean, you can you can get your colors on. You can get your name on here, Jack's Biggers. I mean, come on. What what what, what would the slogan be? Turn B's to C's and C's to D's. There you go. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> there you go. Man, come on. You got to sell that. I, I think I, I'm going to hook you up. I get I get a piece of that, man. Jackson, I got a piece of that. You got half of it. You no, no, I don't want to half. I, I want to make you rich. I don't want to make myself rich. I mean, I could, uh, I'm going to be fine. I'll, let's say 5%. I'll take 5% of the earnings over there. If it becomes a multi-million dollar, you know, bra, yeah, you, you got to throw me a couple, you know. So I, I think it's good. I listen. You have a wonderful name. Put some incentives in there. There you go. I, I mean, you want to jack and get bigger? Go to Jack's Biggers. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you have to be a coach or something. well, <laughs> I, the Yankees definitely need one. So do the Mets. <laughs> the Mets need a coach that will not make players hurt. That'll be the main thing. We'll help you out, man. I, I, I think we need to reach out to Brian Cashman and say, listen, Brian. I know you're a little blind and you're losing some eyesight because the Yankee fans can't stand you, even though you have had 35 winning seasons in a row. But let, let, let's hook you up. There's a guy named Jax Biggers. Who, who would be better than Biggers? 
and and you bring him in, let you know, trade Glaber Torres, let him go, and you get Jacks up there. I mean, could you imagine this? And he's jacking up home runs in small Yankee Stadium. Who who are you gonna give props to? Five foot eight, one hundred and seventy five pounds of biggers. Just don't get, just don't give the strength and conditioning to Noah Syndergaard because he got too bulked up one season and then he gets hurt in two weeks. There you go. I I, I think we're ready yeah, to be he's, jacked he's, up. Uh, he's Superman now. There we go. Your new nickname <laughs> is door. Jacked Up Biggers. <laughs> Maybe, maybe we could try that on our, 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 the Mets pitchers that are now in Texas. Hey, listen, I gave nicknames today. I'm very good at it. We had Buck Wild Farmer from the MLB, you know, relief pitcher for Cincinnati. And now we have Jack, you know, uh, Jack Biggers, you know. What, what did I just say? Uh, Jack going bigger? Uh, something like that. Jack's and Biggers. No, Jack's going bigger. I like that. I, 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 Jack's going bigger. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Your middle name is going. Okay. <laughs> Jack's going bigger. So all the women, if you want if you want a bra near you, you go to Jack's Biggers, okay? Jack is going bigger, ladies and gentlemen. What a slogan. I'm loving it. Uh, Jack's Biggers, ladies and gentlemen. Texas Rangers prospect. He'll be in the major league soon and then he'll remember Jack's going bigger. All right? So I'm going to go out there. I'm going to be wearing my Jack's going bigger bra. I'm just going to have pictures of you on both sides. I do have pecs, so I won't look good in a woman's bra. But, hey, if anybody deserves to be sponsored, it should be you, Mr. Biggers. But thank you, as well, always. It's, yeah, it's, it's 2024, we're, we, you know, both genders, everybody gets it now. There we go. Bo, well, don't don't say that. Bo, what's that movie? Uh, uh, the Something Bo Curve? Or something? Yeah, it was a something uh, something with a curve. Trouble with the curve. Trouble with the curve with Justin Justin Timberlake. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you know, let's. I mean, let's let's just. Uh, we don't want you to be that. We want you to be somebody else. We we want you to be a good guy. Literally and met- metaphorically, we wouldn't try to have trouble with the curve. Yeah. Well, Speedy's got a trouble with everything. I mean, he's got trouble yes, but I'm wearing not a his underwear. Baseball player. He's got trouble with his dog. I'm and, not a professional baseball player. There's a difference. But you got trouble with a lot of things, right? Okay, but that my issues are not going to have to deal with that metaphor. My issues are all about yours trouble. You know. I don't know why. Uh, your troubles are my troubles. We're a team here. See, I tried to give you a high five. You don't want to give me a high five. Shame on you, man. Shame on you. I, I'm very upset at you now. Not talking to you for the rest of the night. Just letting you know. I am talking on the radio because I'm talking to the mic, but I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the mic. And you now see his pettiness of randomness. It's just, uh, you know, part of life. Anyways, Jax, we're rooting for you. Uh, we'll definitely get you on the show again. you got a great personality. Keep up the good work, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, bud. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Y'all have a good January. Stay, stay warm. Well, I'm we'll going to stay warm. I, I, listen, I, <laughs> I'm going to get a Jack's going bigger, you know, bra. It's going to keep my, it you know, you it's going to keep my pecs, you know, you know, intact. And I'm going to be ready for the baseball season because uh, Jack's <laughs> is going bigger. Anyways, I, and I'm telling you right now, it's not that cold outside. I am sweating, by the way. Uh, you know, I'm wearing a brand new Tommy Hilfiger red shirt. By the way, I'm sporting it. It, it, it does feel good. So for anybody that created this wonderful V-shirt, thank you to Tommy Hilfiger because it actually feels good. Some of the shirts I, people are, you know, tell me to wear, they, they suck, okay? So Tommy, thank you for giving me my Hilfiger. And, uh, um, and I'm good. I'm good. I'm good for the night. I, I, how do you like this Von Dutch? you like this, Jax? Is it good? 
Yeah, it's smooth. It's smooth. Uh, smooth. It looks good on you. Oh, thank you. Listen, it, goes, this... it goes well with the beard. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at this. And, and by the way, where's your beard? Where's the beard and mustache, man? Um, this isn't Yankees. I, I, I just shaved, I shaved to be on the show. Mm. Oh. You look, listen, man, you look good. You, you need to look sexy for all those girls that are coming to watch the games. And, you know, show them the, you know, show them the stick and make sure that stick is swinging, baby. Hey, you were the, also the one that said five minutes ago you wanted him traded to the Yankees. So. I, uh, listen, I, I just told you, Jack's going bigger. I mean, he's going bigger. He's going to the Yankees, and we're going to win big. I mean, the Yankees haven't won in, like, 14 years. They definitely need to win big some, some way or another. So we'll bring Jack's bigger in. I mean. Yeah, some of those stumbles were to the, the Texas Rangers. <laughs> the Round Rock Express, baby. He's going to be rocking and expressing with his biggers. All right. I like it. Anyways. Jax, we love you, man. Keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right, y'all have a good one. Jax Biggers, man. I, I'm sure he. this was one of his first or one of his best interviews. I, I'm sure he remembers us. He'll always. Oh, yeah, the slogan will change everything. Jax <laughs> is going bigger. I like that. He, Speedy, do you jack? Do I jack? No. Yeah, do you jack? Do I jack? No. Yeah, do you jack? No. Do you, does it feel good when you jack? I don't. But how do you know what you do if you don't know what jacking is? I know it's something I don't do. Well, how do you know? You've never done it before, or you've never heard of it. So how do you know if you've never done it? Based on all the terminologies you've described of that, I don't believe I would have done it. <laughs> Speedy Petey, ladies. Did you win a Golden Globe yesterday? Did I, I, I win thought, a Golden Globe? I thought Globe? you were up for a Golden Globe. Really? Yeah, you were up. You, you definitely look like the guy that won the Golden Globe. Okay, well, uh, whatever. Were you like one of the Oompa Loompas from the, the Willy Wonka movie? No, and... You do look like one of them. You that, do. Uh, you need a particularly very unique type of costume in order to make that work. I mean, I mean, you need to put on, a, like, an Oompa Loompa outfit. And I don't know if you would look good as a fat man, you know? Okay, so then don't cast me for the part. But I'm the sure, beard and I'm the sure face, I mean, you're perfect yeah, for an I'm Oompa sure Loompa. There, yeah, I'm sure there's plenty Could of you that. make that, like, like a sour face? I'm sure face? there's plenty of uh, enough... Sour food. face. Uh, give me a sour face. I'm sure there's like, plenty Like, you're, you're of... eating a sour candy. Give it, give me... What the hell? Are you blowing a kiss? What are you blowing a kiss? What is that, a fish face? What the hell is that? I don't know what you're going for, though. I don't know what that is. I don't know what you're going for. What are you for, trying though? to do here? I don't here? know what you're going for, then. <laughs> like you're taking a dump, man. You're pushing out. I don't know my facial expression. <laughs> Oh, Speedy Petey, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, what a wonderful show. And no Nithin. <laughs> I don't know, Nithin. You can come in, you can come out. I don't know. Nithin don't show up for anything, man. He, he He's completely... Now what, is he going to pop now in at Now he's laughing in the comment section, so I don't know if he's actually coming in or not. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's all right. We're we're gonna we're done. Uh, thank you to Cincinnati Reds relief pitcher Buck Farmer. He can come on tomorrow. Uh, also, thank you to Texas Rangers AAA second baseman Jax Biggers. He's fantastic, ladies and gentlemen. These guys are fantastic. Good personalities. We opened them up a little bit. Speedy opened them up. He likes opening up many different things, right? Speedy, how about peanut butter? You like peanut butter? Yeah. What's your favorite part of peanut butter? Well, my favorite part. What's is... your favorite part? What I do you like? Know. To put I don't know. The you like to put it on crackers or bread? Uh, I prefer crackers. Crackers. Why Why crackers? I think it's a better combination with the saltier food. You, you like salty. You like the taste of salt and the salty taste. Yes, it's a better combination. It, it is a great combination. I don't know if I'd be eating it. Okay, that's it's your not, opinion. That's not healthy for me. Everyone but, has different tastes. I mean, you like the protein of it, you know? No. 
You don't protein like, is not a taste. You like the protein. Protein in is it. not a taste. I didn't say it was. I'm saying, do you like the you protein? You asked, do you like the taste of protein? Yeah, well, I do like the taste of protein. I mean, you know it's protein, so I'm tasting it. Okay. I mean, you, you like the taste, right? It's not a taste. I, you don't know. You have never had it. It is not a taste. It, it, do you like salty things? Yes, that is a taste. I figured you like salty things. I, I don't. So we're going to go away from that. Thank you to all the fans out there. Uh, by the way, um, give a shout out to all the fans. Uh, this is a Tuesday show. We'll be back tomorrow for a Wednesday show. There won't be a Thursday show. I will be in Toronto over the weekend. Uh, Josh Silverberg will be filling in for me for 103.9 FM uh, this Saturday, and he'll be doing the Islander pregame show. It won't be me. So I want to give a shout-out to all the fans that tune in and listen to the show every single week after 103.9. We appreciate all you guys. Keep up the good work. Uh, 40... 49,566, I think it was, of downloads over the last uh, two months and two weeks. So thank you to all the fans. Keep up the good work. Uh, we're going to have a lot of special things going to be added um, added to our show very, very soon. There will be some su- surprises I think people are going to really, really enjoy. So stay tuned for it and uh, enjoy. Uh, thank you again to all the fans, and we will talk to you tomorrow, tomorrow. Speedy will love you tomorrow. Jax is going bigger. All right, good night. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.